Hey, uh, well, first of all, I like to say, and I ain't speaking to find me, because I want to be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their, his testicles so far up their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the quarterback. Drop down, say, bah! Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle some humongous waves. Oh, that's the paper plate? Oh, surf looks good on it. Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back! <laughs> Get a haircut. Yes, shredheads, waxheads, kooks and barnies. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show dedicated to cutting fucking sick. I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award-winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch-drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the plant-based punk, Samivi. <laughs> and I'm joined here, as always, by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons, Goons of Doom, former editor of Waves Magazine, Tracks Magazine, Surfing World Magazine, and a uh, Surfing Australia Surf Culture Award winner, Vaughn Corn Deadly. Beauty. Award winning at last, Smithy. Doesn't it feel good to just rack up the trophies, mate? Rack them right up like mm. you would on the night. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if there was such a thing as the award show nights, of course, they're all on hold due to COVID. But we did receive a nice stone plaque from Surfing Australia, courtesy of the uh, Australian Surfing Awards, incorporating the Hall of Fame. A genuine award-winning podcast you are listening to, folks. Soak in it. <laughs> mm. Marinate in it. Feels good. It's true. It's, uh, I mean, it has been a little bit disingenuous, um, you know, just giving myself made-up awards and what whatnot uh, <laughs> over the years. <laughs> what? But, uh, the current piece isn't real? Well, you're, you're talking about it, some sort of astral travelling award or something, eh? Uh, yeah, I don't know if uh, this is the right time to be having an existential crisis <laughs> about my uh, lack of credibility, but... Um, <laughs> Like, yeah, it's just great to get a gong. Mm. Great to get some recognition for and some acknowledgement, finally. And, um, I mean, fitting as well, I think, uh, is the first thing you did uh, once handed the award was uh, drop it, and now it's got a crack in it's it. That's right, sorry. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> it was classic. But, um, yeah, it was, it was good. It's, uh, it's the award for uh, contribution to surf culture uh, over the last 12 months. So, mm. good little tip of the hat there, Smivy. Mm. Big thanks to the judging panel. Mm, mm. Yeah, I've always felt pretty uh, cultured. I don't know about you, Vaughn. Mm. Well, I've eaten a lot of yogurt. I, that's as cultured as I, as I get, mate, mm, I think. Mm. They actually have a joke uh, about Australia. You heard this joke? It's a good one. What's, uh, uh, what, what do you... Wait, fuck, I'm fucking it up. <laughs> fucking it up. Want, this is like one of my uncle's it. jokes at Christmas. This yeah. is a full uncle Christmas joke. So... What if if you leave something for two hundred? Fuck! I've butchered this. Fuck, move along. Great <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> joke. Let's. Did, um, did you find that one in one of those poppy? One of those. Uh, what do they call those things? Where you pull on either end at Christmas time? Bonbon. Bonbon. <laughs> full bonbon. Oh, we're, we're full of fire this morning. Red hot. John Bon. Uh, and I'd love to welcome to the program a. Uh, one of the absolute dons of the surfing literati. Uh, he's been on the program many times before. Surfcore 2001, welcome back. Two 
2001. G'day boys, thanks for having welcome me. Honoured to be here after back. you've just uh, come in hot after that, uh, you know, getting your award and stuff for the mm. Hall of Fame, that's mental. Mm. Mm. You've got a little hand in that, mate. You're allowed to uh, go up and touch <laughs> the broken trophy. <laughs> Yeah, mad, sick. Just yeah. do one of your like magic little finger rubs on it. Oh yeah, like the Mick Campbells. <laughs> can we whack that on your grand? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's Touching do it after this. Yeah, that's for mad. sure. We can at, at the very least permit uh, a selfie with it. Mm. How's things, guys? How are you going with COVID over there, surf call? Yeah, up in the borderlands, it's been pretty mellow. It's kind of you know everyone's taken to that sort of Matt Chelman, um, dull bludging pro surfer kind of mentality, and mm. like you know, a fish to water. Oh, mate, it's been good. I feel like I'm 19 again, just fucking living off billies and meagering and garlic <laughs> bread and, yeah, just, you know, like, you know, shoplifting from Bilo and all that sort of stuff. So it's been mad, but, um, yeah, and, you know, people paddling across the Tweed Bar to go surf Fingal rather than to, you know, drive over there in their SUVs. It's kind of like a return to core values mm. and, um, yeah, it's been good. How um, did the, the border shutdown affect you? Did it have a massive impact on your life? Like were you able to uh, get up to the sands and have middies of 4X gold? Or? Yeah, it's – um, yeah, like the uh, – uh, they kind of – they're real lenient, hey, the cops. They just kind of just wave you through if you look like a local. They're kind of just pulling over guys that look like kind of sus or like if you have too many people in the car. But um, Bobby Martinez, he must uh, really struggle to get through the, the border there, I imagine. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Is well, he still living in Crumbin? Well, he's he's got the Newman affiliation, doesn't he? So he probably just flies around in a private jet everywhere he goes oh, these days. The but, Newman um, affiliation? Yeah, his missus is one of the Newmans, isn't she? What does that mean? You know, like Newman part like of the, concrete? Uh, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant she was the one percent of the one percent. Uh, the Newman dynasty from uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's no. Kind um, of, um, the no, upper echelons of the Borders mellow. They've they've um they've put some concrete blocks across Debar, but everyone's you know surfers are an opportunistic bunch, so it's been more crowded than ever at Debar because like oh fuck no one will be out there. Mm. It's like four hundred cunts on a one foot closeout, so it's um, <laughs> and they're all going. What's everyone doing here? I got staunched by a guy who said he was sixth generation coolie local, and I was like. Blew my mind because like sixth generation. I don't think Australia's been a yeah a country like, for that long. Didn't, <laughs> I he mean, didn't look indigenous, but like yeah, I was like fuck, that's insane. Like, mm. but um yeah, it's I'm it's serious though. Don't we only go back like three, four generations? I don't know. I'm not good at math, but yeah, it's only the 200 guy, years. Oh, how how, the guy how old does the a person g- live for? Like, uh, <laughs> I mean. Up in the tweet, I guess they lived till about 38. So, yeah, it's possible. This guy had a tribal <laughs> tattoo on, like, the tip of his head. Like, he'd been on the glass flute <laughs> since he came out of the womb. 27. So. 27. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, he might have been exaggerating. But, um, yeah, he definitely looked the part of a sixth-generation local. Ah, to the Pied Piper from the tweet. Well played. Yeah. Mm. Vaughn, I believe um, uh, you've got uh, something to say. Well, I've been thinking about it, Smitty. I've been thinking about it for some time. Uh, and I believe that Ain't That Swell needs to doff the cap a little more to uh, some of the movers and shakers uh, in between apps. So I've decided to come up with a new section called the Swellian Team of the Week. That's Will's team of the week. 
So what we're going to do is, with the team of the week, obviously uh, Ain't That Swell doesn't come out weekly. It rarely comes out monthly and sometimes it doesn't even come out bi-yearly. So I think that what we're going to just do is call it the team of the week, uh, give it a theme and run through in high spirits people who are either ripping in or having an absolute shocker in relation to whatever the theme of the week is. Now, to kick things off, Smivy, we are going for it. Considering we have a pandemic on our hands, and even though things might be loosening up a little bit, we're under the uh, the feel. You can feel the, the screws mm. loosening ever so slightly. But we are going to run with it anyway. It is the COVID pangolins. Who are the mightiest of all creatures with long and wicked snouty snouts when it comes to the deepest, darkest, deep, dark hollow. Oh, the pangolins will always sniff them out. Every day, the COVID has no say. Get off the pangolins. Every door will be spinning shit for sure. Get off the pangolins. Oh, fucking oath, mate. They'll show up, they'll have a crack. They'll blow up, you wait. You have a fucking look. Nothing will keep them in. We'll make a mark. Just don't eat our skin. Get up the pad. Go, Liz. And uh, they are based from all over the surfing universe. What's their strip? A pair of uh, bloodshot eyes on the emblem or maybe some inflamed lungs. That's right, mate. So, uh, And obviously the pangolin, uh, that weird sort of armoured lizard creature that is uh, <laughs> meant to be the source animal for COVID worldwide. Fuck you, pangolin, you but let's fucking rip in. dog. Let's find Fuck out not. who have been the faces of the Rob. COVID pangolins over the last two months. Same as the way. Starting things off, after ripping his knee to bits and boarding his pea green boat with the owl and the pussycat, Pea-green? he is back. And it is John John Florence, none other than the two time world champion, poking his head up more than we ever saw on the Wuzzle. Mate, this guy is everywhere. He's done every single podcast around. Uh, Mick Fanning talked to him on the stab, Dave Proden talked to him on the lineup, and he's been cutting loose, boys. But one thing we've discovered about John John is that he really does tap into Gabby Medina. He feels that Gabby is the spark that lights his flame. Yeah, he's filthy All on the, the fuel, all the fuel that fires the inner competitive drive of John John Florence comes from Gabby Medina. Comment. Wow. So you're saying that there is a, uh, a kind of sooty-faced Medina uh, in John John's REM... You know, dreams, just shoveling coal into his furnace. I think that what <laughs> happened, uh, judging from this conversation, was that uh, John John qualified at the halfway mark of the tour that weird year that they had the uh, the double qualification. Remember that? Where mm. halfway through, some crew would fall off and new crew would come in. And Medina went on a bit of a tear and won something like two or three comps in his first year. That's right. San Francisco, France. And I kidding? think John John kind of struggled a bit. So he was like, yeah, okay, all right. That's, that's the watermark that I benched myself. Or, or measure myself against, and now John John is back and uh, yeah, putting his putting his personality out there a bit. What do you think of that surf call? Yeah, he's definitely putting his like he's a bit less milk toast than I thought he was. He definitely has put a target on uh, the Brazilians' back, and um, 
Yeah, I'm fucking backing it. Like, I kind of like these. Got a bit of cunt in them now. It's, mm. uh, it's good. Just mm. a little word of warning, though, to you, John. John, don't take your eyes off Italo, mate. If you're too focused on uh, Gabby, you might find yourself coming second or third still at the end of the world title race, whatever that looks like. And that brings us to our uh, winger. Team of the week. Who is none other than the WSL CEO, Eric Elo Logan. Uh, Logan. I've been looking for a new nickname for this guy. I don't like Elo. It sounds too much like a French men's English version of bonjour. I'd rather we turn things up a little bit. Maybe uh, the Wolverine. Using the Logan tie in there. He's got the oh, It's a bit tenuous form. You don't like that Give one? us another one. All right, what about the ELO?
guy is basically was a no-name in surfing uh, a few months ago. All of a sudden, he has really gripped that mantle as the head of the woozle. And he's everywhere. He's on every podcast except this one and Lipped. <laughs> they couldn't get him either. But he is. It's true. He's on weedy boxes. He's on he's everywhere. shoe commercials. He's even, not, he's even on my bong. So, but he does seem to be putting his head right out there, doesn't he, as the face of the WSL, the face of the changes. And, uh, you know, that's going to come with expectation and uh, something that he seems ready to step up for. Mm. What do you think? What do you think? What do you make of the ELO? Well, I like the fact that, uh, you know, he's a calm and measured head and he's brought a kind of more of a uh, diplomatic approach to surfing administration, something, you know, more out of the Gorbachev handbook as opposed <laughs> to the, uh, you know, Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler, Pam Burridge handbook. Um <laughs> Where you know, he's, <laughs> so he's he, he's quite uh, he's quite open to conversation. I don't know if I can back this. Pam Barry's getting roped in. With oh, I'll take it back! I'll take it back. <laughs> she's a queen. I love oh, Pam. Oh, we love Pam. Come on, we got a lot of queens. She's a swelly at queen. No, I'm taking the piss. Um, now, what do you make of of the ELO though? Like, come on, as 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 a guy who uh, was a uh, just a name. Without uh, really too much knowledge about him, we've we've copped a lot of him. He's been staring Wait, what's down, his story? down what's the his story? I'm telling I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing is. it up. Fuck, mate. He's so fluent out a, a bit in corpo more. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to like a podcast with him and like I came out of it knowing less than I went in. It was so <laughs> fucked. <laughs> like, oh. and yeah, just like, oh, like, yeah, I, I don't get him. And the pastels and like the, the rimless spectacles and stuff and the stuff. You're, not, has- you're not buying the uh the quad fish in the background merged into the uh <laughs> merged into the uh what was it, the, the, the wallpaper? It was kind of one sunset kind of a CAD graphic. Yeah. Uh, during one of his uh, WSL interviews I, I saw. Know. I thought I, it was I thought it was kind of a, a homage to uh Surfing's unpalatable future, and also um, a bit of a <laughs> doff of the cap to um, that kind of debaucherous early noughties CAD graphic inspired uh, era of design. And yeah, uh, like really, Teddy Bear's picnic yeah, sort of shit. Well, <laughs> even post that, I'd say like uh, more during surfing's incursion into Northern Europe, Russia. Um, you know that the, the, the early noughties. Uh, I'm thinking like um, you know big Von Zipper Sunnies um, yeah. and, and a host of other now defunct brands. Um, yeah. well, I don't know where all those brands went. I guess up people's noses. But uh. well, look, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on with the Wuzzle, and uh, depending on what side of the fence you sit on, I can understand where you guys are coming from. But the changes that have been announced for the tour itself are big, and I think mostly positive. So I'm backing the ELO. Who is right Logan? Now. I'm backing him yeah. right now. I don't think he's I feel like. I feel like Logan, as his last name, is so fitting because he does look like he's from the South Brisbane suburb of Logan, <laughs> like this minted blow-in in a so fucking sup and a fucking Lexus four-wheel drive. <laughs> oh, yes, Logan for the uninitiated is a. Uh, I guess it's a, a, a combination of um, you know, kind of well well-to-do uh, sell-out capitalist bogans um, and, yeah. and warring Islanders and Aboriginals, as far as I know. Is yeah. that his like, IKEA up there? Yeah, it's like it's real Truman Show kind of suburbia, but um, yeah, he fuck he 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 just I don't know strikes me as the kind of guy that gets his like like tires let down at like fucking Sedges Reef Hotel or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait! All right, I'm just I'm I'm a bit slow on the the research. Well, it doesn't look good. No, not it doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Who is this schmuck running surfing? <laughs> I mean, even uh, even. Fucking, I'm pretty sure even Surfcore's got a Wikipedia page these days. 
You've got to be a real low-end uh, low administrator not to have a Wikipedia page. Mm. Well, he's in control. He's making big calls and the uh, the head is out there. The neck is stretched, boys. Where but it goes maybe from it's here, a blessing, we'll wait though. Maybe it's a blessing, Vaughan, uh, that he has such a low profile coming into this gig. Um, you know, because he, he kind of has a humble approach. You know, to me, I, I spoke to Ace Buckin and, uh, during the week uh, talking about all these uh, WSL, these remarkable uh, WSL changes to the competitive format which we will get to and what he told me was that he had been uh yeah as i said very diplomatic um in in pushing these through uh you know there was a lot of input from the surfers whereas in the past um when the wsl or asp had tried to change things it had been delivered as a bit of a fait accompli mm. uh, that was ace's words a quote unquote um man he's bilingual ace uh and so yeah i, I applaud that you know Give the surfers more control. Give them, uh, you know, no one knows competitive surfing um, and the surfing public better, I guess, than uh, pro surfers. Mm. Um, Look, I'm, I, I just think uh, there's there's so much going on with the woozle. It's, it's hard to even just keep tabs of just all these new things that keep popping up. Personally, right now, focusing purely on the changes that are coming, which we'll get into later, I like it. I like where it's going. I like the methods that have been used to get it to this place. I think we're in for a uh, a new look tour that'll be really fun to watch. So that's I'm, I'm back in Elo. I reckon you, or the, the Elo. Sorry, I'm not calling it Elo <laughs> anymore. Uh, and I reckon we'll wait and see. We'll mm. wait and see, Smithy. We will wait I, and see. Yeah. Well, I'm with you, Vaughn. I for one welcome our new corporate overlord, <laughs> <laughs> Eric. Grogan, there oh. it is. There's his nickname. <laughs> what do you the got? Who, who have you got in the this team? Who's, who's up front? Who's bringing it home for the forwards? Who's who's really putting a dent in the opposition right now in the COVID pangolins? Well, we've got the uh, Lennox Head locals. They've been making a bit of a name for himself over the last uh, couple weeks. Um, yeah, there's there's been plenty of toing and froing down here in the Northern Rivers. Uh, oh, mate, they have taken this whole stay in your postcode zone to an entirely different level. The boys have fucking shut the point down heavily. Mm. And I'm talking about cops shutting down the car parks, not just putting the uh, the concrete barriers and the, the police tape across it, but actually standing there, handing out fines and pointing the oh, finger mate. saying, you head back to where you come any, from. Any Stephanie f- Gilmore, you blow in. <laughs> I've seen them. The yeah. cops, mate. And if you choose to flout those laws and dash across the uh, no man's land towards the point, they have snipers with AR-15s <laughs> perched on the hills. <laughs> I've, I've seen I've seen surfers cut down <laughs> as they're sprinting. For the rock jump off. And, I mean, it's a perilous rock jump off at the best of times. Oh, mate. Yeah, so well, it, it's, it's been a total shutdown there at Lennox. Um, there's rumours of fecal matter being smeared across, across the windscreens of uh, this is surface outrageous. cars. Fecal matter. And not just that. Not on the windscreens. On the actual door handle. Someone has gone to the trouble <laughs> to <laughs> smear so human feces on the door handle of someone's car. Rumoured to be a seven-time world champ. Can't confirm. Second to that. <laughs> Why, why stop at just the door handle? If you're going to do the windscreen and the door handle, why not head back to their place and smear a bit on the doorknob? What about getting on the inside and maybe a, a few on the cupboard doors or on the, the, the toaster trigger? Get your <laughs> corn right up on that thing, <laughs> smear a bit of feces <laughs> right on there and maybe even get into the bathroom and stick a toothbrush right up your oh, door. Oh, it's a classic. Hey? It's a classic. a classic, yeah. Yeah, it's a... Where does it stop, Smithy? Where mean, does this feces 
Infatuation. This this Pretty is ironic feces. They've weaponized it. Trying to like prevent like the spread of disease by wiping shit on everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, very ironic. Uh, it's interesting. It's very much you know the kind of uncompromising uh, prop forward behaviour. You know, you very much at home. It's very much out of the, the Western suburbs. Uh, Les Boyd uh, handbook of the nineteen uh, seventies. Les Boyd was the uh, the Western suburbs uh, front row, was he? Renowned for a, yes. a head button, a Spanish bow. Oh, yeah, the there. You're, you're, you're going to the glory days of hard being a Glory days of uh, CTE and uh, mild traumatic brain injuries. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's uncompromising behavior. It's definitely a return to old fashioned, you know, 90s um, surf fascism. Uh, in, as far as, you know, wiping uh, shit on people's windscreens, um, I've actually got a good story about this. Uh, back in the day when I was in my heady youth there in. Uh, Bondi Beach, world famous. Uh, I came home one day to find a second-hand Land Cruiser parked in my parking spot. Um, uh, and me and my mate, little Benny, Benjamin Parker, uh, we grabbed... Oh, well, oh, you know, I was the instigator of this. I, I grabbed a bar of wax and I, I rode on the windscreen like, fuck off, and waxed every one of his key... Every one of his keyholes. And like, you know, there we were, me and Benny, just admiring my handiwork. Uh, you know, I seen this, uh, you know, kind of six five Kirtley Ambrose look like uh, loping up the street from a public phone box, and I said to Benny, "Fuck, how funny would it be if it was this cunt's car?" <laughs> I believe uh, the words out of his mouth when he got to the car were, "I've I've killed people in Kingston for less than this." Um, and Whoa. So, Whoa. <laughs> so a few, and uh, a few minutes. So I mean, and t- to my credit, you know, back in those days, being you know, I think I was still playing A grade for United, and you know. Uh, I was uh, not of a, a right mind myself. Um, I didn't back down like I was, I was, I was, ready, I was ready to throw down. Uh, and I think that kind of played in my favour because uh, I guess he didn't want to fight at that time of the day. It was probably like about 10 a.m. or something. <laughs> um, but so there we were. We reached a, another diplomatic Gorbachev uh, kind of uh, conclusion. And, and there we were. I put the kettle on, not to drink a cup of tea, Vaughan. Mm. Uh, to spray him in the face with boiling water <laughs> if he came at you. No, no. Uh, to actually wipe the wax off his oh, windscreen. There well we were, done. all three of us, <laughs> with well. the uh, tea towels in hand, scrubbing the wax <laughs> off of Got the chamois out, just fucking uh, real... Well, is that is that what's happening next? Is, you know, when the when the restrictions lift, are we going to see Lennox locals down there with uh, free rolls of toilet paper for uh, all the patrons <laughs> whose whose cars they need to uh, clean up? Yes, yeah. uh, it's possible. Yeah, You're passing the TP uh, in a TP, perhaps. Um, yeah. Yeah, we sure that didn't just run out of toilet paper and saw an <laughs> Audi hybrid there and just thought, oh yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I wouldn't blame it. We've all wanted to. Yeah, well, uh, uh, there you go. The Lennox locals have thrown down, and, and just quietly, I mean, a lot of that was going down during a nice little run of swell. I don't know if it was still that tense when the surf was, uh, you know, one foot blown out by a fucking crook northerly. Yeah. It's, mm. it's interesting, though, Lennox You pick head... your moments, don't you? You pick your moments to get angry. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, Lennox head, it's developing a, a, quite the reputation in, in the industry, in the surf industry. Um, you know, like, first the, uh, the uh, vicious... Assault on uh, JC. No, not J- Jesus Christ, Jody Cooper. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, that, by a, a man uh, in the surf, uh, you know, watched on by numerous people um, who, you know, bystanders who did nothing. Um, mm. So, I mean, that was permitted uh, by the, the community there and the, I guess, the surf culture there. They're, they're fine with that. Um, and now, 
feces being smeared across. I mean, potentially the rumor is a, uh, you know, we're talking about Steph Gilmore here, allegedly. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it's interesting the... Uh, Building a, a reputation for uh, a, a attacking women is uh, not not something that I, I think there's going to be a karmic offset to that. Mm. I feel I feel a, a bit of a karmic slapdown coming, and the karmic slapdown might just be that. Uh, I mean, if you develop a reputation like that, I mean, if that like what happens to the up and coming generation? of Lennox Pro Surfers trying to make a name from him in the pro surfing industry. There's so many fucked up good surfers down there. It mm. blows my mind at the, the level. But, uh, you know, when those guys come of age and they're trying to make it yeah, in the big big bad world of professional surfing, like, are, are brands going to want to associate with people from Lennox Head in the future if, if it continues? It's, yeah, you know, like, yeah. is, is Rip Curl or Billabong going to have their sticker on the snout of some kid's board from a, uh, a wife-beating, shit-smearing... Point break. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder whether you know uh, is this is this one or two? But like, how does the community of surfing of surfers there feel about this sort of uh, behaviour? Is it one or two or three people sort of instigating this and 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 seeing it through and and steering people away, or is this a more widespread, all inclusive conspiracy? Even including local local police who mm. may or may not an be all inclusive gender neutral. Diverse uh, conspiracy, Vaughn. Is that what you're? No, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is the colours, creeds, and sexualities are united, uh, and, and and law enforcement agencies they're all united in locking down the point. Mm. Well, you got to lock down something. Yeah, but they're in there. They're COVID pangolins. And uh, welcome to the team, Lennox Head. Well done. All right, the next one, Smivy, is Mick Fanning. Mick fucking Fanning. He's Mick Fanning. He's that fucking good. He's big He's that fucking good. Of course he is. Mate, this bloke is everywhere. From Stratty at the start of the COVID crisis, all the way to run his own podcast. He's on petrol pumps all over the country. Surf with Fano, some sort of Red Bull thingamajiggy. I don't know, <laughs> mate. He's the most high, is he the most high-profile pro surfer since the Wuzzle shutdown? Is he just leading the way and showing all these fucking pretenders, trying to be pro surfers, what it is to be a three-time world champion? Mm, it's interesting because they say uh, celebrity... Is a trauma of its own. Mm. I heard that the other day. It's an interesting quote. So, like, you know, and he's had a fucking traumatic kind of a life, um, Mount Druid's finest. But he's risen above it all, uh, and he's just volunteering himself. He's just throwing himself headlong into the furnace of celebrity. Um, and I just wonder how many more traumatic Instagram DMs and fucking strangers trying to shake your hand during this COVID pandemic. And- <laughs> You know, just uh, the That's endless it. rigmarole of pleasing people and validating fucking sniveling ego <laughs> just went away as thin. But am I wrong? He doesn't uh, seem to care. I mean, is he going to... What's, what's, well, where, what's next that. for Fanning? Not is just he, that. He's everywhere. Is he going to move everywhere. to a lair in Kauai next door to Mark Zuckerberg and surround himself with Blackwater security guards? I mean, how is he going to escape this insane world that he's... Created for himself. You, you've Where's snuck this? into his house at night, surf call. Tell us about <laughs> it. How does he react when you when you crawl in through the window at three in the morning? Welcoming, welcoming. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, 
I think I reckon he's getting all his like obligations and stuff, like getting all his ducks in a row before the bub pops out. His um, I saw his miso walking around the other day in Chug, and it looks like she's about to pop. So um, yeah, is like, that what is that what's behind this? Uh, is there a, he's got a is there a bad bomb. is there a bad investment underpinning all this? He's uh, he's actually <laughs> on the bones of his ass. He uh. Well, I mean, what, has Bolter gone under? Is no one buying beer during this pandemic? <laughs> no. I, I haven't heard anything about it. I, just I thought he made fucking like $7 billion off that deal. <laughs> yeah, he's minted as fuck. Like, he's got this fucking Hamptons-esque match in, in fucking Belinga. So, th- so that's what's going on. He's actually in this kind of mentoring humanity role. Because he's, he's a mad Spiro yeah. Lord. We know he's you know famous for charging his crystals under the full moon there at J-Bay. Um, and, you know, he's like... When you go through that much bullshit just to fucking stay alive on the other side of it, you've got to be a fucking... You've got to have a heart made of uh, pure gold with a insulative layer of fucking the Dalai Lama's foreskin. I don't know. but like, <laughs> So maybe he's just kind of taking on a, uh, a, a guidance role. And that's what we need, I think. We need more mentors... Um, and spiritual advisors in the Western capitalist world because we're yeah. fucking all at sea, mate. We are baffled. We are scoobied by this fucking late-stage capitalist American shit show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you think, mate? I mean, oh, to me, I just can't believe that, you know, we're, we're so lucky that in this era where pretty much 90% of the, of the woozle top surfers are invisible. I mean, we, we get a lot of our entertainment from watching those comps throughout the year. And... Uh, Who's the fucking guy at the top of the tree bringing out the clips, talking to the pros, getting his fucking mug out there? It's the master, the lord of all that is core, Mick Fanning. How fucking good is he? Mount Jewett's finest, the battler of battlers, the battler's <laughs> champ. <laughs> kidding me? He's a wow. fucking good He's Mick yeah. Fanning. He's that fucking good Now, I know you've got – what about you, Surfcore? Who have you got in the team? You've got, oh. you got a running back there. You've got a couple of uh, yeah, I've got bench some, warmers. What do you got? <laughs> I've got someone playing the outer field of Instagram at the moment, and that's uh, the um, Pangolins' uh, Kelly Slater. Mm. As expected, Kelly has uh, continued to post vague and contrarian riddles about his feelings regarding COVID on Instagram. Is it a hoax? Is it Bill Gates? Should we protest? Should we reopen? All questions the goat flirts with but leaves intentionally unresolved. Whilst I'm enjoying the spectacle of Slats unravelling in real time, I've endured enough of Jimmy Slade's original acoustic croonings for this lifetime and the next. (laughs) Take a position, Slade! (laughs) Recently, while tethered to the hive mind of uh, the 5G government hive mind, Slade has meandered down the M1 during the nationwide lockdown and was met by staunch locals at every local beach he went to between Elephant Rock and Avalon. Mm. Lennox locals have led by example, practicing social distance and patience and elected not to cave his fucking head in, but <laughs> verbally direct him back to his Floridian postcode. Mm. Kelly, underperforming, I'd say pick a lane and stay in it. Are you, are you going to uh, isolate or are you going to um, just go hell for leather and surf everywhere you want? Mm. Good question. Yeah. Good question. A mysterious inclusion He's, into this COVID pangolins team. There's a kind of a couple of people though that are like think that because of their um their their means that they're kind of above the the lockdown. Like I've seen fucking Italo Ferreira surfing D bar wall and Kanoa Igarashi apparently uh, attempted to surf in Portugal, had his tires slashed <laughs> by the uh, local community there because I, I believe everyone's. I mean, this is. Uh, come, this is all allegedly. Let's say allegedly, big allegedly over this because this is being fed about twenty seventh hand through our Instagram page. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's true. Yeah, well, fucking transatlantic surf mission. Like, I know he has a home there and a home in fucking Cali, but that's fucking bullshit. Like, doing that during the COVID crisis. How did fucking, he get to Portugal? What, do they got hovercrafts or something? Oh, uh, uh, I don't know, like a repatriation flight or something, but fuck. I reckon he a goes. repatriation flight? He can play that card. America's just a <laughs> fucking swarming, maggot-filled <laughs> swamp of self-interest. Getting your fucking... Hypocrisy and double standards. Getting your tyres slashed when you fucking go... When you go back to Fukushima! <laughs> yeah. Play your repatriation card there, you rushing! <laughs> yeah, anyway, fuck, you get your just desserts for thinking, like, you can do that shit, like... It's bullshit. Yeah. Anyway, he's not above the law and it's not cool to do that. So, Canoa, you got to go. And mm. whatever the fucking bitter Spaniard vigilante that slashed the tires with a fucking rusty shank, got to stay. Love you. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Well, we'll give him a spot on the, uh, in, the, in the front row. Maybe as a, a uh, filthy little hooker who doesn't mind an eye gouge, Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Anthony Milky Watts of the, uh, <laughs> of the uh, pangered COVID, COVID pangolins. Yeah. Um, mm. Remember Milky Watts? Everyone remember that guy? No. no? Oh, this is a great story. Uh, Anthony Milky Watts, uh, he's kind of a, a, played a bit of fringe. Uh, yeah, he's, no, he's yeah, NRL kind of fringe first grader for the Chooks back in the day. He was a mate of a mate. Um, he uh, you know, followed the natural trajectory of the uh, fringe rugby league player from, uh, I'm assuming, some kind of a, you know, lower socioeconomic background. Played for the Cowboys. He infamously... Um, Knocked Robbie Farrah out in that, oh, that brawl. Yes, Remember that? Just a yes. full-blown yeah. uppercut out of nowhere. Dog shot. It was one of the most classic uh, to and fro's in rugby league, like mm-hmm. modern history. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, Walesy. Ash Wales <laughs> fucking nuking oh. my stream of consciousness thing. <laughs> G'day, Asha. Um, yeah, and then uh, Robbie Farrah comes back on the field and squares up with him. Oh. The Leichhardt Wanderer gets his own back and, tr- and fucking tramples on him in the scrimmage. Fuck. And then uh, Watts ended up playing park footy in the Tweed, joining the Comancheros or, or some such bikey club and <laughs> biting a, uh, an opposition player on the penis in a game. <laughs> so uh, that's a nice little tangent into the sport. We all grew up watching and continue to love. But uh, <laughs> back to surfing and the penguins. Yeah, okay. Uh, you've got one here, Smivy. I believe it is property developers. Yeah. I, I, how, how do they make the team? What, what's going they, on They here? slot into the team as that... Gimpy fucking water boy that everyone spits on and pisses on in the changing change rooms, or perhaps even the um, the the kind of the the GM that everyone despises, yeah, like the, the, head the, the Jerry Krause of the the Pangard Covalins. If you've been <laughs> if you've been watching the uh, the Last Dance, the the Michael Jordan uh, documentary. Oh Jesus! So I guess the, uh, property developers. I mean, look, they are fucking everywhere. These cunts. Um, and you know, to be honest, like it's complicated. But because uh, obviously people need somewhere to live uh, and, you know, our population's not going down. So uh, Russ Bjork uh, flared it up first. He's, um, he's uh, teed off like Long John Daly mm-hmm. on the property developers, mm-hmm. encroaching on the, I believe, what was the last kind of parcel of land there on the south coast around Manana that hadn't gone up uh, in the bushfires. Inferno. As an inferno, yeah. Um, and uh, interestingly, it's gone. It's <gasps> deleted. Uh, we don't know why. Whether Shoot. some hired goons have been uh, sent down to, to uh, maybe he's fucking got his head full of concrete and uh, he's just uh, sleeping with the fishes. Yeah, sleeping they with they the fishes out there around Depot Bombing. My words, they fucking got to him. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Allah, uh, allegedly, Abe Saffron and um, Juanita uh, Nielsen, I believe, the uh, King's Cross journalist to the 
the uh, opposition to the property developing they going on them. in the inner city. Oh, fucking oath they, they did. They never found a body, mate. Uh, <laughs> so you go up against... Uh, here's the thing. I wrote about housing and property for years. Mm. Here's what I learned. Um, or here's what I kind of... Yeah, I kind of knew this and I, I learned it in a more intimate detail. When you're going up against big time money, uh, at some level, uh, there's gangsters in there too, in the mix. And... Uh, I won't name the ethnic group that runs concreting in Sydney, but they're skitty. Mm. And they got fucking big old machine guns and they, they got their fingers in a lot of uh, criminal pies out towards Greenacre and uh, Liverpool and uh, those western suburbs. So, man, it, it, when you're working in the city in that environment, yeah, you got to be real careful. I, had, I took my name off some of the stories I wrote because, mm-hmm. um, you know, that Juanita Nielsen story kind of has trickled down through the generations, we all know what happened to her. So perhaps he's, ca- he's a carcass, but I think not. I think uh, they're a bit more moderate down there on the south coast of New South Wales, and he's deleted that Instagram post um, flaring up greedy property developer swine purely uh, for they use his image. reasons we can They used his image on their website. That's that's one of the core oh, that's issues. Low. He was that's fucking, a fucking dog shot. That's yeah. a full dog shot. <laughs> I mean, like, imagine that. You, you, you're against it in every form of being against something, and you get on their website and there's a surf shot of you sort of celebrating the area and the and the, the development that's going to take place. I mean, that would fucking... You'd be rolling around in a, in a fit of fury, wouldn't you? Surely. Absolutely. Surely. Absolutely. It's an outrageous, uh, you know, abusive... Uh, what do you call that shit? Licensing or whatever. I mean, he's yeah. using his lemon spread to spruik something that he's uh, absolutely mortally and morally opposed to. It's uh, the kind of... Just mad, self-serving gibberish you'd come to expect from the fucking lowest industry on the planet. <laughs> but, uh, nah, but I don't know, man. Well, let's go through Doherty's anyway. Here's what Doherty had to say. There you go. Oh, you got it. Um, while we're on the subject of batshit crazy residential developments, the West Byron 470-lot estate has crawled out of the ground and oh. is headed for the courts. Byron Council, 5,000-plus written objections, and the Northern Region, Pla- Northern Region Planning Panel have all knocked it back. But who'd believe it? The developers have simply headed to the courts. Where to start with this shameless money grab? Having spent several years stuck in traffic on Ewingsdale Road, that's the uh, road going into Byron, I know that adding another 14,000 car movements a day will cause daily falling-down gun rampages. Everyone will slow down, but nobody will be fucking chilling out, I can assure you. Mm. Then there's the fact it will be built on a floodplain that needs a million cubic metres of fill to build in. It bulldozes koala habitat and flushes stormwater into Belongel Creek. Nobody in Byron, apart from the developers, want this to happen. And if Byron wasn't officially dead beforehand, it certainly will be if this goes ahead. There's hope, however. You've got two days to lodge another submission against this colossal turkey, Head over to byronresidencegroup.org and there's a bunch of info to help you out and address to send your submission. They're due by Thursday, May 7th. Today's th- Friday, May 8th. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this will probably come out in another hey, month's Stevie, time. That, that's, that's, that's the, uh, the that's secondary a- uh, land development that's going on in yeah West Byron, obviously uh, a, a town that is already just suffocating on transient visitors and, and fucking endless, ruthless growth. Uh, but the big caption you're looking for is this one, which is uh, in relation to 
uh, the area you were speaking about where Russ is from. On Thursday this week, the last remaining unburnt parcel of bush adjacent to Manana, Conjola, Bendalong is due to be filled to make way for a housing estate. Manana Beach Estate is being developed by Aussie Homes, who intend to push ahead despite oh, the Aussie. rest of the area True being raised by fire earlier this year. The land is the last refuge for native birds and animals, with the adjoining forest still recovering. Local protests have been dismissed by Shoalhaven City Council and the Liberal Party New South Wales. And so unless there's a lot of noise this week, the chainsaws are going to rip on Thursday. That's yesterday. That's yesterday. Now, I think there's been a development. I believe that the uh, development, see what I did there? Fuck, Mm. it was good, man. The communities are suffering down there. It's not too late to do the right thing and hit pause on this. What are our chances of stopping this absolute rapage? Well, let me me just update this because we're famously on point. uh, Oh, yeah, maybe this is why he's taking it down, Russ. New South Wales, south coast bushland that survived fires given Reprieve from bulldozers one day ago. Oh, thank God. Wednesday, okay. May 6th. Phew. Developers yeah. the fury. of site at Manyana agree to put work on hold while negotiations with the Shoalhaven Council and state government take place. Well played, Russ. The people's champ sticking it to the man. <laughs> man, what? that was full circle. Yeah, it wouldn't have happened happens. if we didn't podcast about it a week later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this, though. It, it, it's complicated. Like, the, like I said, people need somewhere to live. I think the, the big problem is... This is something I picked up as uh, you know, I was writing about property development and the development of inner city, my home, mm-hmm. Sydney, which just got fucking rinsed with high rises, like just psycho shit, mate. The no infrastructure to cope with the fucking thousands of shoddy high rises going up and all of its residents and cars and that. But the point is, people do need somewhere to live. It comes down to urban planning and design. These are concepts very foreign to property developers. These are concepts that belong to architects and university professors. So you need to carefully grid out and lay out cities and country towns before developing them. Otherwise, they don't fucking function. They're a nightmare of traffic jams and shit. But at the same time, people need somewhere to live. Like, the you know, there's fucking 2,000 permanent residents a week coming into Australia to live, to stay. Uh, on what is one of the highest skilled migration programs in the Western world. Mm. Where are you going to put them all? Um, you got to put them somewhere. Like, I, I guess they're putting them in Sydney and Melbourne, but then the people, the existing residents in Sydney and Melbourne are going to fucking run from those cities and, and start to populate coastal towns. Um, I, I, I'm in favour of like more urban-style development. If you're going to do them, like, not a, like, fuck those big McMansion townhousey zones off. Like, you know, I grew up living in... Fucking tiny, sweaty dungeons in inner city um, Sydney, like uh, you know. But on the flip side of that, also you know, we shared houses and terraces and shit with other families, and um, I think that's the, the way forward. Like you know, tighter packed housing. You don't like. I think that's the attraction of living in the city, is that that kind of urban environment. Um, you know, you can get the best of both worlds if you do it smart. It can be both urban and green at the same time. Um, you look at uh, towns like Wollongong and Newcastle. I fucking love these places, man. Mm. Like the Coal Coast in uh, in uh, just south of Sydney there before Wollongong and that stretch is my favourite stretch of coastline in the world. It's mm. like a an urban version of um, the North Shore of Hawaii. Like, you know, and you've got all the creature comforts and you've got a train line. Um, I think Newcastle's an amazing prototype. Um, it's, this all goes into forethought and planning and uh, property developers don't do that. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said.
on the team, Smithy. Here, here. With you. Yeah. So I've got another person playing uh, outside slip. Uh, we're going to go with uh, <laughs> the COVID Penguins. <laughs> Taj, a.k.a. Bosco 2.0. Because there's... Bosco there's, being the uh, new Novocastrian photographer and uh, very well-known conspiracy theorist. Oh, yeah. What... Newcastle Knights reserve grader, is that for real? <laughs> that's, that's a, a good photo from photo, the fucking eh? Sunset Beach elementary touch footy oh, game every year. I was going to say, I thought he must have let himself go after his playing career yeah. ended. <laughs> well, fuck, there's no one that loves the conspiracy theory more than Surfcore. And after the closure of Marine Layer Productions, there was a void left in my internet browsing and only a Steel City photographer could fill that void. And he did so with some powerful anti-vax flat-earth scorchery. Mm. Mixing photos of Simon Robertson out of big XL Merriweather with some leaked alien photos of Area 52. It was a feed that David Icke would get rigid over. I fucking love Bosky, and I'm so glad that a post-retirement TB has picked up the torch and run with it. Mm. The broad-necked Westie in his amphibious sunnies has taken the blue pill and another blue pill, then dipped his car keys in the saddie bag of Morpheus found on the tiles at Elsewhere Nightclub and is plugging, isn't plugging back into the Matrix anytime soon. 110% backing the anti-5G campaign Taj is running. It doesn't make any sense, but it has got to stay. Mm, yeah. What do you guys think about 5G? My Motorola Razr isn't enabled to accept it, so I think I'm immune to COVID. But. Mm. Well, I actually hit TB up because I, I, when, he, when he put it up, for some reason I was like, no, the reason why I hit people like that up is because they fucking speak to hundreds of thousands of millions of people through their Instagram. And uh, so I did a bit of research and I was like, I went to, you know, Democracy Now!, which is like the purest source of info on the planet. Um, if you want some good fucking pure news, go get Democracy Now! Uh, and I, through them, I went down my own little wormhole of kind of vetted media institutions. Like you, you do have to accommodate for a little bit of spin when reading the New York Times. Like I don't trust them on every topic. They're def- like they're f- they're still a fucking bourgeois like American capitalist cocksucking institution. But <laughs> when it comes to five G, there's this is what they know, and uh, this is what is known about it is that we fucking don't know how it affects people. There's just hasn't been any studies done on it, so it could totally be fucking carcinogenic. Um, and it could not be, but we don't know. So until we know, you sh- we shouldn't really be pressing forward with a technology that just could fry us all. But the argument against it um, being carcinogenic is that like the rich are going to get fried too, and you know, yeah, everyone's getting fried. Everyone's in the same uh, why fried boat. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like I wouldn't go too far down that conspiratorial wormhole, but at the same time, fuck it, Mate, it shouldn't go ahead. Shouldn't dead go ahead. set, fucking cut open my skull, put my brain on a plate, stick it in a microwave and fucking press two minutes on high for faster internet speeds. I'm so <laughs> sick of watching that fucking little thing twirl around when I'm trying to get a Netflix hit or trying to watch a fucking stab video or whatever's going on. Just give it to me. Give it to me now. I need it. And if that means a fried brain cell or three or four or five, so be it, man. Yeah, the Tweed Shire fucking MBN has been absolutely <laughs> atrocious. It is awful. Why yeah. did we spend so much money on something that has sped up? Oh, that chainsaw is outside our window. <laughs> this is the 5G crew coming to get us, Smivy. <laughs> they can ring, sense ring, the conspiracies. Ring, 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 ring. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, uh, I, I, you know, I'm with you guys. Until it's, until it's like tested and we know what's up, what can you do? But literally. We literally have a chainsaw outside the window, cutting loose. Do you know this, Lord? Yeah, he's a gardener. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Mental. And um, to round out the team, uh, the Surf Corps is going to nominate for wing defence. Uh, none other than uh, the Australian Idol winner from 2003, Guy Sebastian. Oh. You can't go past this alleged patient zero super transmitter who first crushed our dreams of a pub rock renaissance by robbing <laughs> Nolte of the Oz <laughs> Idol title. But now he's a suspected importer of COVID after a media tour of Wuhan, China. In November 2019. Oh my what? God, patient zero. Including a documented tour of... He does look like a pangolin too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went on a documented tour of all the oriental what? delicacies in the street markets of Wuhan. It's still up oh on his Instagram God. if you want to go have a look. You're Huge joking. Cole posting that video and getting neck deep in bat soup on your, on your Insty. Can't trust a man with a soul patch. Oh, wow. What well, knows he had a soul patch too. Come on, let's... Fair. Yeah. He? What is a soul patch? Actually, soul patch was pretty red hot back then. Mm-mm. Yeah, with but um, big lookout, uh, Condoble and way. I've, I've, I've had a run in with um, Guy Sebastian. One time, I was leaving the Metro. I can't remember what band I was seeing, but Your I was fucking walk- legs him or what? Well, I was walking down this the side alley that runs down the Metro there off George Street in the, in the Sydney what? city, and uh, this ice, this fucking I don't know if it was an icy, but he was fucking tweaked. This can't, and he. Fucking saw me and just came at me and tackled me in the street. What? Just this full blown. Legged ya? Yep, just hammered me and all of a sudden I'm just Did wrestling this guy me? on the ground. We're having a full blown <laughs> wrestle. I'm trying to pin him and he's trying to pin me and like no none way. of the punches are landing because we're on the ground and all of a sudden these headlights shine down the street and um, this guy goes, It's the cops, it's the cops. And we both sort of like leave each other alone and just sort of get up against the wall and this car drives past and I just, we look in the window. And we both look at each other, me and this dude, and we're like, it's Guy Sebastian! (laughs) 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 And he just looked at us and just kept driving. And uh, then the dude shot through and and that was the end of that. But, you know, the wet lettuce uh, side story to that as well had uh, Nalsey's number. And every time he'd get hammered, he'd end up calling him and going, Nalsey, how you going, bro? And he'd go, fuck off, mate. I'm just fucking trying to live my life, bro. I told you, celebrity. It's a trauma of its own. You got fucking doolies calling you up at who knows what hour. Oh, that's a great, like, like lockdown, like self-isolation hobby. Prank calling. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've got so many crews now prank that we call, could prank, prank call. calling traumatised celebrities. A new section to come through. Uh, a worthy addition. I like that on the uh, wing defence. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, like not quite on the same field as the rest of the pangolins, but it's uh, it's it's on a, a, a distant uh, out. So, you know, it's like where this, the difference between centre court and uh, any of the big tennis Tournaments and those ones that are in the far reaches over by <laughs> mm. the sewerage that runs down the side of the uh, where the Todd Bridges are. You're playing mixed doubles with uh, fucking <laughs> Novak uh, Yelena. <laughs> Guys, look uh, before we wrap up uh, the COVID Pangolins team sheet. I'd like to nominate uh, a very special team captain, and that is none other than Thomas Victor Carroll. Oh, thanks. The original. If Jack Robbo is the thing. vortex shaman, then TVC is the multi-dimensional realm hopping high priest of the 127 astral oceans. A traveller of light beams, vibrating froth. He has managed to make the vehicle we travel in, this vessel we inhabit, this sack of skin and blood and muscle and gristle and sinew into a beacon of peace and simmering frothy goldenness. Nah. And using the power of the mind and breath, he has transported all of those who attend his daily 5am meditations live on the, insti- on the IG. Get on it. Wow. I'm there every morning cute. with him. 5am Eastern Australian Yeah, Tommy, you've been waiting for that. Oh, mate. Poor Lord, spiritual he, guidance master. He will help transcend you, Jed. 
and all you Swellians to one of the far dimensions. And I think he is the worthy team captain of the of the COVID pangolins. Well done, TVC. We love you. All Mental. hail the Lord of Core. And we're going to speak to our uh, Tommy. Actually, we get we are going to drop in an interview with Tommy right now. Yeah, big fella. Namaste, Tom. Namaste. How Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> word, huh? How are you, mate? Yeah, bloody good. Mm. No doubt you're good. You're on fire, bro. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. What's the story, mate? Have you finished with the uh, morning meditations or that was just a, a uh, 30-day thing? That was a 60-day. I did 60 days just to sort of, you know, get people humming a little bit um, if they wanted it. And they were inquisitive over that time. And then I'm just, I reduced it down to three mornings a week. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Mm. So I'm still doing the 10-minute uh, breath-based on stage one meditation, we call it. And we just, I'll just tow everyone through the 10 minutes at 6 a.m. or 6.10. No. Uh, I might shift that over to an afternoon meditation maybe in uh, the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure, but I'll just keep it going. Mate, you got it. It's gravitate, the, gravitate toward it, yeah. It's the best way to wake up in the world. Like, oh, yeah. It's better than diving in the ocean. I didn't think anything could beat that, but it honestly just sets you up for the day so differently. Yeah, it's, it's a nice nice way to come from, from ourselves, you know, rather than, you know, always jumping out. Um, we tend to, you know, as, as creative kind of that, endless kind of creative force inside it's actually back in there kind of not out there right oh man it's just like, yeah it's amazing it's yeah, it's beautiful. What, so just, I mean, we're going to talk a lot about um, meditation uh, in the live episode that we did with you. I think we're, there's quite a bit in there. But do you want to just sort of like steer people um, through your journey with it, how you came to find it and what it's done for you personally? Uh, right now? Yeah, just like, I mean, when did it sort of appear into, in your life and, and sort of what impact did it have like did it work straight away uh, yeah. or was it something so that when i um when i when i came into recovery from you know like a drug addiction i was like i was jack's crackers you know i was um my mind was just mental i was upside down sideways i'd been kind of toxifying my body and my mind but um and it was just it was just non-stop uh, and when I went into treatment, I, um, which I spent six weeks, six weeks in, in 2006, at the end of 2006, uh, in there and already in the 12-step program, I'd, I'd seen in the 11th step, they talk about the prayer and meditation, um, as a part of, a part of the maintenance of, uh, a program that will help us recover. Mm. Um, and, and recover from this state that we were in into a more coherent state. And so, gosh, the more I looked into it, the more I saw that, um, you know, meditation had been had been a part of the millennia going way back in in many different cultures. It's not just one 
it's just uh, many, many different cultures. So humans have seen that the mind could be uh, worked with, you know, regarding, you know, the deeper part of ourselves. Um, and so I started, I was offered this meditation um, inside the inside this uh, treatment centre and I thought, God, God, maybe that's what I've got to do, you know. That'll stop me thinking because <laughs> mm. my thoughts were crazy. So I thought, oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to do this meditation thing. <laughs> I'm get it. Sitting there and he goes, we're on a circle and he goes, okay, so put sit upright with your, um, you know, put your hands on your lap and and then we're going to just breathe for two minutes and we'll see how we go. So we're going to close our eyes really gently and then we'll go and just count your breath. And I was like, okay. So I probably got through maybe two breaths before I started thinking. So I thought, oh. But when, his, when he pulled us out of the meditation two minutes later, which I couldn't believe I'd actually sat still for two minutes, mm. I just couldn't sit still. And uh, lo and behold, I thought, oh, my God, I, I just did two minutes. And um, that was pretty kind of cool. I just felt suddenly more calmer mm. as a result. And um, then I just, my natural inquiring mind just went, oh, I've got to go back for more of that. And, um, uh, and to know what, what's going on here, because I'm still thinking, didn't stop me thinking. <laughs> So off and away I was with thinking, and um, and as a result, I just went and got a guided meditation, which were on sale there in the retreat. Oh, not the retreat, the, the treatment center. Mm. And uh, the that guided meditation went for like sixteen minutes. So I said, right, every morning I'm just going to get up before we go for a walk on the beach, which I just really look forward to. Get out of the place and mm. just sort of walk in and use my body. Um, that um, I'd just lie back and I'd listen to this guided meditation and that worked throughout that six-week, well, it was probably up to about probably up five weeks of that mm. within this treatment centre. And I how, came out and I just kept it going. How um, different is the sensation of meditation for you now compared to then, now that you've been sober for a long time, now that mm. you've explored meditation a lot deeper, is it? Is it sort of a different journey every time or does it take you to a place where you just feel absolute sort of connection with everything? Well, it's it's different every time. Uh, that's the nature of us. And we just don't, don't stop the mind from thinking. There's no trying to stop the mind from thinking. Mm. So I um, – and I um, – you know, just going to go under the car – just started, so stay with me. No worries, man. I'm going to go over to the car here. Um, uh, and what it, what is, there's stages really where we look. It's like just evolution in itself. You know, you start to tap into being a part of the evolutionary process, whereas prior to coming into recovery, I was kind of more into the evolution of <laughs> the evolutionary process. You know, mm. I'm kind of the opposite right. way. So uh, when I started, you know, placing, you know, being more kind of ready to go to different 
persuasive with the meditation, I was sort of open to listening to people who had done many years of it. And they said, look, um, Tom, you know, you're doing guided once you um, let the, the, the real stuff's in the silent meditation and really getting to go deep for the deeper uh, experience of yourself. So I started to do, take cues from people practicing that Buddhist meditation and that took me to just to the breath. And that, that, I did that until about four years ago. And then I was looking for that practice went from, usually I never had a timer on that. I never put a time uh, limit on that. So I'd sort of go out somewhere between, but I was very committed to it every day, no matter what, really, probably one every few months, to travel or something. But I, I stuck with it because I could see the result happening. And that was... I was just starting to see in certain, you know, parts of my life started to become more aware. I started to become uh, more aware that I had a gap between my first thought and action. Um, and that was really started to become really clear. But I was meditating between, you know, 30, 40, sometimes a bit longer minutes each morning. Uh, and it was instructed to me, he said, look, this one guy actually is from Hawaii. And he, uh, he said, sit, pick it up, wash yourself off, uh, face off, make sure you're awake, and then sit up right, could be in a chair, wherever, and come to the, and quite slowly, you know, release the body tension, relaxing the body out of the chair, and then slowly close your eyes, come to the breath, tension on the breath, and count the breath, and that was, uh, and, and, and it doesn't matter whether you've got ADHD or whatever, just do it, no matter what. That's mm. what kind of got me on the silent meditation, that's where it came to about four years ago, I started to come down to around about 10 minutes lying down in the bed. Mm. I've got something going wrong here. I've been through a few big changes in my life, which I never thought I could do. <laughs> no way I could pull this chain, but lo and behold, I've kind of got through this change, these changes, and uh, and then that uh, moment about four years ago, and during using you know alongside the the meditation, I was using prayer, which you know, to be honest, I probably never prayed in my whole life before coming into recovery. But maybe the only time I'd ever pray was when I was fully in the fetal position in something. I'd go, oh, there must be another way. <laughs> God, you know? Ah, mommy, you know? Yeah. Help me in that space, but never on a regular basis where it'd be a simple prayer, you know, connecting with, you know, whoever it might be to you, um, whatever it might be, it might be. God, if you want to call it, but it can be anything. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I actually remember saying, you know, help me, uh, you know, be open to a new way. Because I knew that I could, at that point, 10 minutes lying down in meditation, it was been such a strong gift for me to have it in my life every day. Mm. At that level of practice that I was used to, slipping away, 
And and that was when, like a couple of days later, I was just walking through my hometown there at Avalon, and lo and behold, I met uh, a person was beaming with his kid, and uh, looking at me from one of the cafes, walking down the main drag, Saturday morning, a lot of people out, and, and he, he was beaming at us, and I said, Um, you know, I've I've tapped in with you in the mornings, and um, the one thing I love is just that you make meditation feel like it's not some daunting thing that someone who's never done it before can't do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh, you, that's so cool. You, you, that's beautiful. Yeah, you give uh, you give a really nice, really mellow ramp into a, a really controlled and a wonderful experience of meditation. I reckon. And, um, oh, thanks for that. Yeah, oh, mate. Oh, I've, I've been loving it. I have been loving it. And um, <laughs> I, I, I'm putting um, this little interview just in the next episode of The Swellians just to get them tapped in with you because I think that you're, yeah, cool. I think you're a great uh, transient from people who uh, might not even get it. It's a really yeah. nice thing to have a familiar face, someone who you uh, admire or, or grew up loving, yeah. and um, it gives them... You know, it's a nice, it's a nice ramp, mate. It's a chip shot. It's great. Yeah, it's a little chip shot. Gives, gives us a little kind of, oh, well, gosh, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, mate, that's what it is. And, and it really is um, a, a game changer. It's a life-changing a life. It's a tool for improving our life. Like, it just does, does it without us in the way. It's literally getting up. Out of the way, just for a moment in the day, getting experience of ourselves in that state, because basically we're just watching ourselves go bananas off to the side, going, "Oh, look at that!" <laughs> you know. Exactly. And lo and behold, I had no idea, and I had 
definitely no thought that I'd ever be a meditation teacher. Nah. And absolutely no. <laughs> I've got one last question for you, Tom, before I let you go, and um, I'd love to have a, a more in-depth convo with you one day yep. about this. But um, yep. were, were there times in your life where, uh, I guess what I'm getting at here, were there moments in your surfing where that was staring you in the face but you didn't know what it was? Like, you know, moments of absolute just clarity when you were in the water, even though you may not necessarily have known what it was that was happening to you? Absolutely, and I think I was driving towards it with everything I had. Like I, I think that's a part of like, you know, I was going for it. I was going for that full experience. I wasn't mucking around, you know. I was like going for it, and uh, you know, never whenever I stood far off around, that's when I really screwed up. Mm. <laughs> and I think um, that I think that's still evident. It's not, that's not going away. I think, uh, and I think that's what we go for. Oh, my God. You know, we tend to look, look at people, you know, putting stuff in them that's going to kill them, like a drug, or then we look at people doing things like, you know, jumping off mountainsides with bat suits on, you know, like, or bird flying suits on, you know. Um, people pushing themselves out there to the extreme, so what are they, what are they, Really, we're going to that same place where mm. we're moving. We just don't need to do it. Uh, we can elect to sit and become determined for that. We're literally going for that full-blown present feeling of being fully present with ourselves. And so I then have full exert. So I think the adrenaline goes that to me in a big way. Mm-hmm. The learning to live without that adrenaline environment was very tricky. And yeah. that, this is what's given me that, that tool to get to that well, and be I, completely okay with it. I love that, mate. I love the idea that I could get to a level of standing inside Pipeline with actually out having to get off the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't, but you know the cool thing is you got John John Fyfe doing that for us. We kind of, you know, all the boys out there at Pipe, uh, we can still engage and kind of frock and fall them. Mm. We get the frock, we get, yeah, I mean, um, I kind of lucky because I, I get, I get the, I get to relive kind of what I experience at some level. I watch it, I love that. Oh, That's yeah. so cool. It's still there happening and so they're pushing that and uh, they're kind of getting next level and they go, well, how do they get to that point? They <laughs> just go, but that evolution, it's so cool. It's just happening. It is, mate. Um, it's beautiful. Good on you, Tom. Hey, thanks so much, mate. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, I will be seeing you. There you go, boys. What do you think? TBC. Yeah, that was, uh, that was just such a great interview. And it, it's just no – it's a little wonder why we are the uh, 2000 and uh, – was it 20 or 19? Uh, we won that award. Uh, it's, it says 2020 on the trophy, no, so that's just wonder that we are the 2020 uh, Surfing Australia Surf Culture Award winners. It's just hard-hitting a... surf waffle like that, Vaughn. Yeah, it's his meditations. Like, is he running like wetty trunks and a gath helmet <laughs> and got a bit of incense burning in the background? Mate, or is he, he actually in linen? He taps the Ain't That Swell Up Late uh, tone. Almost too perfectly. I, I, I sit, I sit there with him in the dark. He sort of takes you on a bit of a journey about how meditation is helping him 
the uh, vibrational sort of Harmonic locks that it's opening up. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's incredible, mate. I highly recommend it. It's, it's you know, like uh, Smivy and I have talked about uh, the Wim Hof method and how that can save your life, mm. literally. And yeah, uh, one of the swellians, actually, I'm going to pull this up in a second, but um, Tom Carroll's in that same zone. That's why he's the team captain. Like the the, yeah. the mental mm. health and the the positive vibrations it brings to just to start your day with that sort of. Uh, internalizing but but in non-judgmental ways fucking incredible mm. get on it mate i, I recommend it especially yeah. for you to surf core thanks mate because <laughs> i think late era tvc like you said yeah in the short john it's Gat red, helmet. Huh? yeah like, that's that's 445 no no what would it be 430 wake up straight into a 435 wim hof uh 10 minute guided breathing routine which i've shared on my instagram go and have a squeeze straight into a 5 a.m. TVC meditation, straight out there for the early bird catches the worm, a couple of cones. You fucking tick so many cosmic boxes before you've even had your fungus smoothie. Yeah, yeah. cosmic uh, boxes which... is, is something you're well experienced in too, isn't it? So... <laughs> yeah, and yeah I'm s- fucking keen to tap into that. Yeah, That's tap in. Mental. Speaking of cosmic uh, boxes and uh, fungus milkshakes, it's fucking micro. It's Fungus Friday. I, I'm, I'm on the Fuddy Man micro dosing uh, program and I tapped in this morning. So, uh, yeah, I just thought I'd let you all know that I'm slightly under the influence of psilocybin. Yeah. Oh, it's, I back Very it. Mad. I've, um, I remember doing microdose Mondays at work once and that was, that was pretty red hot. Mm. I had never felt so connected with my colleagues mm. and, um, yeah, it was really cool. And I wasn't, wasn't tripping, but. It felt really mm. special. It's very nice. Very I just nice. want to, um, Smivy, just just to before we leave the the Pangolins convo, um, uh, Swellian from Kangaroo Island, who I've I've, I've lost the message, but um, he was in a house that had four or five family members who were infected, and he Wim Hofed his way through it without copping it. I believe it. He he, wow. he actually immunized himself pure purely with breathing, purely from listening. To your direction and, and steering him into Ooh. Wim Hof. So, a big shout out there to the KI legend who uh, who got on that and fully beat the COVID. Yeah, by yeah. breathing because it fucking it like as we mentioned and you got to listen to it, the coronavirus survival guide Wim Hof and Russell Brand. Uh, it lowers inflammation in the respiratory system and that is what COVID. Uh, that's how it kills you. It, it creates an infection. And uh, inflammation in the lungs and respiratory system, and which leads to them filling with fluid and you die. So um, you do that and you're good as gold. Magic. Just breathe like a whim. Hoff the huff. There you go, boys. I don't know how long that was. So it was meant to be 30-odd seconds. It went for about four hours. But that is the COVID pangolins. What the team will we have next pangolins. time? The swellians. Finger buns are just sitting in a room. They're sweet and sticky and absolutely delicious. Finger buns, finger buns. Feed your face into finger buns. A very mad surf film from Stab Magazine for whom the Atolls. I'll remember this that day forever. Two, three, four barrels on a wave. It's just the best, best surf in my life. The Atolls taking the, uh, it's kind of a play on words with the 
Ernest Hemingway classic for whom the bell tolls, which if you haven't read it, you're cooking it. It's an absolute masterpiece, the ultimate anti-war masterpiece. Mm. Uh, but yeah, three of the mind-blowingest surfers of all time, pretty much. I mean, that's a big call. But like, I look at it this way, like uh, as Slater once said, you know, surfing moves um, forward incrementally. So the best surfers, or the most exciting surfers are, uh, of today are technically the most exciting surfers of all time. Mm. Right? Mm. You don't buy it? I get that. Yeah, I like, see what you're Just saying. from a pure, t- like... Skill ability, like yeah. I, I look at Ethan, you in, and uh, <laughs> just like the turns he's doing, it uh, I haven't seen turns as clean and clinical and fucked oh, up. Oh man, I, I didn't when you when Ethan first popped on the scene when Hewing first came out, I was waiting for these turns. You know what I mean? Because there was always that comparison with Andy, but there was just not that Andy girth. And now that he's got it, the the it's way that he psycho. can power. Off the bottom, up an eight foot face, and pull his rail all the way. Like it's Whoa. the amount of ground he's covering and sprays thrown is just fucking Terminator style. He's like a train track. too, eh? He's like actually looking like a Terminator mm. now, like fucking big dog. Cyborgian. Has anyone has anyone in surfing history had a rail game like that? Yeah, <laughs> oh, I think AI is the the one, but I don't think like I mean AI is time. His his peak period was. What, ne- like uh, 2003, 4, 5, like that was now 15 years ago. Uh, yeah. And surfing has to have moved ahead significantly since then. So, I mean, if this guy's the new AI prototype, his yeah. rail game, you'd think, would like, you yeah, know, it's everyone definitely wants like- to romanticize like how good guys were from the past. And I mean, what makes someone great is not just their rail game. It's like a whole bunch of attributes, you know, in the cone and like fucking mm. their ability to transcend um, certain situations that are thrown around. But just purely from the turns he's doing, has anyone done any? Has anyone done him better? Mm. He's definitely got like a different like uh, the comparison with AI is like you can see why people do it, but he's got definitely a spicy kind of tech approach to <laughs> some of the turns now and. Who's better? You said, put your money where your mouth is going. <laughs> Fuck, well, if like, that's like, you can't, like you're shooting yourself in, the, I'm shooting myself in the foot <laughs> with my fucking core followers if I say anything other than Andy. I don't Irons. think he's got Andy yet. Yeah, I, no. you, you can watch a, a cloud break session of Andy. Yeah, those fucking snowboard backside turns are oh, fucked. And, and just attacking the lip way yeah, harder than I, anyone. We haven't seen him at cloud yet. Mm. Yeah, so, that's uh, true. It's, 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 it's what, it, what I'm seeing here, Smivy, is the simmering. It's not exploding yet because, yeah. like, it's like it's throw, simmering Rogan Josh. Throw that. Throw those turns saffron. In, into a, a high pressure heat yeah. where you've got someone and your back's against the wall and you're throwing them down there and you're actually bringing venom to it as well. All of a sudden, those turns take on a whole different dimension. Yeah, yeah. But uh, just having like you know uh, when we set up the the live shows and, and you go through and you try and find you know classic shots of. Oki or or uh, Andy or Kelly or any of those guys, man, there's some meaty hacks out there. There is some classic turns. Yeah. What about those ones, Luke Egan, before the Newey show and we pull those ones up, those classic Bosco shots that are I just... I think if you were to compare Absolutely them, psycho. Photo like side by side, I reckon Ewing's got them covered. Wow. Whoa. I love <laughs> it. I love that you're just like, why wouldn't going you? for it. Like, you know, like that was fucking 25 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah, and I mean, those moments really stand out. And Ethan's doing five of them on a wave now. Mm. 
So it's it's pretty skits, isn't it? But uh, yeah, what did you make of the the film? Just uh, in total, <laughs> what did you think of it? There, surfcore. You, you're shaking your head. I see a bit uh, of stink nose going on. No, well, <laughs> someone whiffs only, a bit of a dirty bird. I only just got my first doll payment today, so I haven't had the time to fork out ten bucks to watch it. But, oh. uh, yeah. I didn't realise you had to pay for it. Yeah, you got to pay for it, mate. All us plebs out there. Mm. Um, yeah, but it, fuck. I back all the guys in it. They surf real good. I feel like Ethan's like, he's beefing up. He seems like he's got a bit more aggro in his surfing now. So that's that's mental. But who doesn't fucking rip in Indo in fucking big rights these mm. days? I think it's uh, Micronesia. Micronesia. Mm. Oh, there you um, takeaways, maybe. What, what, what did you like and and oh, dislike? Man. Um, I, like I was actually gonna have a whinge at uh, Billabong uh, prior to this show. Um, before I saw for whom the atolls, because there's not enough ewing out there. I need more ewing. Because <laughs> uh, like I was trawling around after watching a couple of. Clips on his gram. I was like, "Fuck, this guy's blowing my mind. He's blowing it. It's blown. It's gone. Mm. Short circuited." Um, and then I went, you know, went down a kind of YouTube wormhole, and I just couldn't dig up um, any like just solid chunks of Ethan Ewing web edits. Just kind of didn't seem to be any, which is disappointing because you, you know, you think of AI as he was coming up. You know, he had big parts in surf films. Um, you know, when he was on more more corn division. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, through those kind of <laughs> 17, 18, like 17 to early 20s uh, yeah. period. And yet Ewing, I don't know, how old is he now? Like yeah, 22, 23? The There's just not much of, of him out there, which is a real shame. It's happening now. And now it's happening. Maybe so it was that, just swamped my, by... My prayers were answered yeah. like literally the moment I had that thought, fucking the next minute I had a, a text message from our man Ashton Goggin saying, watch the film, it's very mad. Mm, good and job, uh, Ash. Mad Ashton. It was. Well done, mate. Um, so... Yeah, frothing on getting to see a good chunk of Ewing footage. Um, Seth Moniz trips me out. Like, that guy is just a psycho tube pig, man. Mm. Wow. Like, uh, yeah, incredible. Like, just... His like, only, that one he fucking stuffs and doesn't make. That his only psycho, kink right? is that he can't pull the rail top to bottom as well as Griff and Ethan. That's, that's really the one little chink in his armour I see because in Waves of Consequence... Uh, he is so hectic. Conequence, yeah. sorry. And, uh, I misspoke there. I had to say and straight. I mean, sorry, Karen. Air game. <laughs> he, like, he, we've seen what he can do. He can throw down as big a, an air as anyone. His punts are And tweak fucked. it. And fucking tweak it. Yeah. So, like, he just got to, like, you know, that's that's where it's all coming. Just I, like I, Ethan I think, a couple of years ago. Like, mm. he just didn't have that. I mean, it was there. The line was there, but the girth wasn't there. I think he's got, uh, yeah. he's a good little power rocket, Seth, but just pull that rail uh, uh, through the through the turn a little mm. little more top to bottom and he's, he's right there with him. Mm, but maybe he, uh, just in his defence, he, he possibly excels a bit more in, in tube riding. Big time. Than those two guys. I think um, so, yeah. Especially in the big Polynesian nah, juice. that Chopes, this stuff was fucking outrageous. He, him in that one heat last year, I don't, I don't know who it was against, but there was one massive cone off that he had uh, that was just, I think he pretty much free surfed it. Did yeah, you know, from yeah, memory, like, he was like was just raw. paddling He's back a, out and just mm. getting drain it, and it was just dead glassy, and he was just fucking rinsing the fucking pigment out of his skin. It was just <laughs> so fucking deep and just body stalling. Like, does anything look better than just controlling speed on a wave that is like it's unnatural to try and go slow on it? You know what I mean? Like everything yeah. is pushing against you. 
Yeah, and there's a rawness to his approach at Chopes. Like, he hucks himself over the ledge mm. with fucking just self-belief coming out the razoo and uh, sticks it at the bottom of those things and pulls up and into chambers that would blow the fucking toupee off Donald Trump's head. They spit that hard. <laughs> but, uh, and then Griffin's like, I feel like he's like a combination of all of it. Um, but maybe... You know, his bow riding's maybe a frag beneath uh, Moniz. His rail game's like, you know, fucking... Uh, he's it, doing it's some world, nice it's, it's world class. Like, yeah. it's uh, maybe not at Ewing's level. And then he's got the punt. So he's like the, the most well-rounded of the three. Well, why don't we have a chat with Parker? Because he was meant to be on this... this uh, let's play it. Blakey. Hello, Parker. How are you, mate? Sorry, mate. Yeah. Oh, awesome. How are you going? How's the COVID going? Yeah, fuck, I'm getting over it. Is everyone else getting over it? Yeah, I'm, I'm well and truly over it. Hey, uh, Smithy's here. We're rolling tape, and we've got your best buddy in here as well, your, your old mate, your old sparring partner, Surfcore2001. G'day, Parker. How are you going? Yeah, Surfcore. Yeah, Lord. <laughs> Thanks for the mags, by the way. Um, I really appreciated you slipping in that mid-90s penthouse into the collection. <laughs> I've been ripping the fucking ears off into that thing up during isolation. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I get them for the old forum. I used to get a partner over here the forum. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. Now, mate, um, just uh, before we get it stuck into this uh, topic matter, how have you been? Have you been getting some waves? Yeah, a few little farm waves. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, there's been surf. So it's been good. It's not been pumping, but being fun every day for the last, like, I don't know, two weeks has been fun. Unreal, mate. And uh, how are you feeling about the whole homeschooling and everything like that? You, you're coping? Yeah, well, I'm meant to be... I'm just out at the moment. I've been doing a bit of run around. I'm meant to be doing mathematics in about six months. Yeah. Have you, uh, pa- have you passed year four maths yet, Parker? <laughs> <laughs> mate, I have. You know what? I'm, my math is on point in year four. My, my punctuation and spelling and all that... Um, not good at all. <laughs> 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 Fucking algebra. Who needs to know that shit? Have you used algebra once in your life? I've never used it. No. Uh, who's used the punctuation and full stops anyway? Who uses that? <laughs> 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 so, mate, um, obviously, uh, for whom the atolls came out this week, and it's pretty fucking amazing, but uh, I couldn't help but notice at the very start of that film, uh, they mentioned that you were supposed to be on it. Was what that- happened? <laughs> Why'd you not go? Oh, I, mate, I don't, we had the dates blocked in for ages and I just had a, I went to Fisher's wedding and I was like, oh, I've, got, I've got these couple of weeks here free and then, of course, we don't find any waves until right at the end when I'm about to go to Bali. Yeah. And so what did you make of it when you were watching it? Was it absolute torture or how, how does it feel when you're, you know, a surfer of your calibre and a guy who loves getting coned to uh, sit down and watch that? Was it stoking you out or were you just sitting there with just jealousy curling up every single sinew in your body. Hung over, looking at oh, Fisher, going, you oh, fucked everything, Fisher. No, fucked everything. <laughs> I, mate, no jealousy. I was just baffled on how good those guys surf. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they were just far out. They were amazing. But that some of the, the turns, like, I was talking to someone the other day about, you know, all the young, like Ethan and the Griff and what's different and who's, Who's, who's better and who's, what's their strengths? And I came out of it going, they really know weaknesses. It's all like way for way. Like Ethan's turn was in a couple of turns were incredible. Chris tube riding is insane. Mm. 
Um, Hey, that's, that was some of the best surfing. It looks like a hard wave to ride. I, I reckon it was, yeah, the, the front side gouges off the lip on those big steep faces and free falling out of them too into the pit was just fucking magic to watch. What about the, the fact they're calling these guys the new trilogy? I mean, are they jumping the gun a little bit there or can you see those three sort of taking control? Because, I mean, Andy, you and Taj... Fuck, dude. I mean, that's a proper trilogy that's... that's Four world titles between them. The 2012 world champ, style master, son of a bricklayer we're talking to. <laughs> Show me the respect. <laughs> uh, uh, have they gone too early? Have they pulled the trigger too early on that nickname? Or do you reckon it's fitting? No way. They, they're on fire, I reckon. I mean, sure enough, I mean, you know, there may not be... At times, they mightn't be, you know, one, two and four in the world or something. But for... Four billabongs, they are the new trilogy. Their, their surfing is so exciting. Mm. And they probably, their futures, there's no doubt they can't. There's no reason why they can't be one, two, and three, four, five, whatever in the world, in the top five or top ten, mm. easily. Um, so I, I think, oh, I think Billabong have killed it by, you know, getting their trilogy together. They, they're creating such a good little atmosphere of surfers mm. there that something for all us to watch and it's mm. entertaining hey mate what do, do you think just just uh and i'll open this up to smithy and surf Corps in a sec but do you think that ethan if there's been one criticism of of him it's that he is a quiet and, and friendly soul does he need more cunning in him to to get a win does he need to be like get him on your dad's building site parker get him mixing <laughs> some mud mate <laughs> um Mate. Has he got enough mongrel is what I'm asking you. Like, Do you see it there when you're hanging with him? Does he got that sort of that thing in him that, that you've got to have to be a world champ where you just put everything to the side and you just tear mm. people to shreds? He's shreck. grown up in North Strat. flicking for mullet and whatever. He needs a bit of... Yeah, in him, you know? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's not the mongrel. I don't think it's the mongrel. I think it's the second-guessing himself sometimes. That's worse. He's got to the Toledo's one. about him. You know, it's not about oh, I'm a board rider. It's all about it's. I, you, when you walk down the beach, there's no like oh, I don't know if I've done the right fins in my board. If I've done the right, oh, I don't know. I probably should have went my step up. I've done this. Can, can doesn't you, matter what's under your arm. Doesn't matter anything. But what you're about to do in that heat. Can you think of anyone um, who's who's actually like overcome that? Because I, I like when I think of you and Mick and Andy. Uh, you know, the confidence was just there, like the, the, the knowledge that you were going to paddle out and destroy people. How, how, who do you know who's overcome that sort of like self-doubt and gone on to, to take the crown? Yeah, um, far out, I guess. Uh, it's one of those ones, it's, if, that, if you don't get rid of it, it'll, you'll never get to where you need to get to. Second guessing, I reckon, is so... And I mean, I've, done it. I've never won a hit where I've second guessed myself, gone out and gone, oh, I should be on a quad or I should be this or, oh, my God, like, I've done the wrong thing. I should have went for priority here or I should have relaxed and went wide. And you just go out with confidence and that's it. Mm. So he just needs a... He needs a, a full-blown mongrel in his corner. Maybe, maybe well, actually... not so much. He's got the drive to win. That's not the problem. I guess he just... And, and they're young, too. Yeah. I, I probably didn't get it. I was probably not even smart enough to realise a second-guess myself at the time. Mm, so yeah. you just... Um, you're young there. Once you get the routine down and... I don't know, and you... 
like Mick, mate. Mick, it'd be 90% of the time he was on. And the 10% where he wasn't on, he was at 75%, which is still pretty much waxing anyone anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Park, I know you've spent a, a bunch of time with uh, Griff, but like, who do you think is going to win the first world title out of those three and why? I'd probably say at this stage, Griff would probably just get there. Um, he'd probably take what I would think just because of his strengths in all the other waves. Okay. Uh, backside barrel riding, Chopu, CGs, all those things, I think. Mm. But I think the way the way that um, Ethan's adapting, Ethan's pretty close too. And then Seth, once he figures it out, I think Seth feels a little bit younger to me. Um, so I reckon once he figures it out too, I think he'll be unstoppable. And being Hawaiian, a few Hawaiian seasons, as a big dog, he'll be unbelievable. Yeah, mm. fully. Oh, what he did at Chopes, that was it last year? Oh, man, he said the couple of years. So <laughs> unbelievable. Um, what, what about the, the surf-off, mate? What, what, are your, what are your thoughts on a, on a world title surf-off instead of just accruing points over the year? Is that something that excites you? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, definitely, I think. You know, that would sound pretty cool the way they do. They take a risk, mate. They do. And I reckon they should. Surfing is worth like taking risks like this. And if it doesn't work for two years, we'll just go back to what we knew. Mm. So I think it's worth it. It might be insane in the right conditions on an Indo boat trip, right, left. Ooh. Who knows? It might be HTs one day, Greenbush the next day. And wow. you just don't know. Sounds like he's got inside information that's going to be in the mm. meds, huh? <laughs> Shit, did I just give it all away? <laughs> hey, mate, well, one thing I'm liking the look of is the, the rejigged QS because if they've got, um, uh, you know, like more sort of uh, regional tours, then that sort of almost brings back that ACC thing where you've got crews like uh, Goffo and... Uh, Poor poor Ward and the crew who used to just dominate on that tour, they could come back and make careers for them late in their lives. I'm not worried about the pathway. I'm looking at the crew who can down the tools and go back on the ACC. Shane Holmes, get off the mud, mate. Get out of the mud. Shane Holmes. Yeah. That's that's the thing that's exciting me the most because not only does it, it save money for grommets who want to go away and do all this stuff, it makes it so much easier for guys who rip. I mean, we might see a fucking Shane Holmes qualifying for the Challenger Series and making a, a huge dent in it. It's not just about the young fellas. It helps out the older crew as well. Yeah, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully they're not held all like manly or something stupid. Mm. Hopefully they're like on the, somewhere on the Sanitial Coast on a, you know, on sick waves and... Do you, remember uh, the, like that, you know? do you remember the? Do you remember the the forex comp they used to have at uh, Cloundra? <laughs> <laughs> that was mental. I think Oki won yeah, it one year. Yeah, point Cartwright. I, I remember. Yeah, I, I said that it was awesome. Oh, sick comp. That's what I want to see. I want to see just cyclone swells getting chased and you know grommets up against the old fellas. It'd be so good. Yeah, more comps around Australia, like. The downside of that is, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a few communities a little off it, but uh, uh, well, first comp, first comp, I reckon uh, Challenger Series Lennox Head for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Lennox Head, or even one's in WA, like they go one day be North Point, then it'll be the engine up car park and all these different. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be mental. Yeah. 
Awesome, mate. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Always great no to have worries, a chat. Boys. And no uh, yeah, please yeah, be yeah, well yeah, up yeah, there, Parko, and uh, good luck with your punctuation. So I'm back in Parko's call uh, as the future world champ. Well played. And uh, I want to give a big props also to um, Ashton Goggins, the uh, the Raider. <laughs> I'm back in this kind of, uh, you know, quirky, Sleepy-ish. cheesy, but not cheesy, like uh, narration steez. Oh, it's very enjoyable. Oh, I think that must Parks. be. The Americans do it well, don't they? They've always done a great job of this style of Seppos uh, love to surfing. Chirp. <laughs> <laughs> Ashton is a prime example of a guy who can't shut his gob. But mm. yeah. Um, mm. Great yeah. waffler. I back narration. Fucking, mm. you know, Haywood is doing the, did the narration on Pentecostal. Pentecostal. A recollection of Australasian exploration by Wade Goodall and Shane Fletcher. Like the fucking, the, oh, you saw the trailer for that? He's, yeah. uh, that is magnificent. Yeah. He's really tapping some 80s, like uh, 80s video trailer for like Razorback. Yeah. Hayward being for the uninitiated non-industry bros out there, he's the like uh, like long-haired, metal-haired uh, photog. Yeah. Man. He's got a fucking. I don't know where he's from originally, but he lives up here on the northern rivers. Yeah, he's a he's fucking, a fucking lovely legend. bloke. He's he's living up at D Bar these days, but um, Durren Bar, Durry Bar. Yeah, but he used to be Wade's oh. neighbour. Yeah, he's got a fucking mouth like a stormwater drain after a cyclone, but um, <laughs> beautiful smile. But uh, yeah. <laughs> he's um, wow. He's such a lord. Well, his voice is like from. Early '80s VB commercials. It sounds so deep and just fucking like that. That that. narration is going to be off chops. Pentecostal. We're going to have an eight that swell special on Pentecostal because it sounds fucked up. Wade's such a uh, enigmatic kind of genius. Like he's a very switched on, you know, cultured fellow. Can't wait to see. Might have to get you down for that one too, Surf Call. Well, I don't know. I got told there's not one passion pop in the whole thing, but you know there is a Mm. fucking. Bunch of Polynesian kegs in it. So I think we might actually cover a bit of passion pop and um, uh, frame lines, and even uh, a little bit of creative, creative destruction. destruction. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll do the the Wade journey, the Wade. But yeah, yeah Pentecost. We'll check that out when it comes. Just to quickly, uh, nine plus. Your, your all time favorite uh, voiceoverist. I mean, it's a, it's a strange gig. To be fair, you know, imagine. Can you imagine being a uh, just a you know professional voiceoverist? Mm. Uh, it's a really fucking obscure skill, skill, skill set. You can tell I'm not one. I'm too punch drunk. But uh, can you imagine, like, just being at the pub, you know, you're having a skill right, after well, you knock off and you're going, uh, you know, having a beer. What do you do, mate? Oh, yeah, I fucking lay bricks for a living. And, uh, what about you, mate? I, uh, yeah. I voiceover things. Well, my favourite voiceover uh, artist of all time is, uh, I can't remember his name, but... Uh, he used to do the, the Manly Seagulls Rugby League, you know, uh, catch cries. You know, welcome onto the field, Manly. Attention all passengers, piss off. Thank you for your cooperation. And uh, <laughs> he was the guy who, who catch, uh, coined my favourite catchphrase of all time. Beaver. Mm. Every time Steve Menzies yeah. took Oh, let's hear it. We'll copy it. I love it. This is the Manly Day that we will all remember. Beaver. Yeah, mad. My favourite, the well, not my favourite, but the most iconic voiceover's got to be Russell Crowe in the Bra Boys documentary, <laughs> surely. At the core of this story are the Abbotton brothers, 
Old Rusty. <laughs> oh, you pulled that one out of a, nowhere. That Mate, is all time. It's so iconic. Fucking South Sydney Rabbitohs. Classic. Yeah. The, uh, the original people's champ. Always, when I look at Rusty, I'm like, yeah, but mate, like people's champs are meant to like come out of a fucking coal furnace and work in a meat packing district and then become the people's champ. You've just acted all of those roles in movies <laughs> and now you're acting like the people's champ. Isn't he from New Zealand? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Mm. Anyway, yeah. Um, I'd have to go with, I mean, the most iconic, not my favourite, but the most iconic, it'd have to be John Laws, wouldn't it? Be? I like to change my cars, but I never change my oil. Well, I change my oil, but not my brand of oil because I want real protection. You know what I mean? Valvoline. Valvoline. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard him uh, comment narrate a surf movie, though. That would be next no, level. No. And beyond that, I mean, the true core, like the fucking grittiest mm. core lord narrator voiceoverist has to be the original Bush Tucker man, Malcolm Douglas. Let's have a listen. <laughs> Let's have a listen here. I'm packing up my trailcraft boat for another trip up to Kimberley. And 35 years ago... I had an old pearling lugger here and I sailed up the coast and I went to an amazing place and I showed that place in my film Follow the Sun and I called it the horizontal waterfall and I still get phone calls and emails from people all over the world asking me about the horizontal waterfall. So this is my latest trip to this very special part of the Kimberley. Just over here, there's a mullet have just hit the surface feeding. Let's see if I can get one. Nice mullet. Just get my hat. But uh, I mean, in terms of surfing, I mean, I don't know who voiceovered our uh, free ride, but uh, I thought that was a great yeah, uh, that... another septic voiceoverist. One of the best things about a good surfing experience is telling the story to a friend. Under the shade of a giant Kulangata mushroom, Rabbit describes an incredible Indonesian tube ride. And it veritably was a goofy's paradise for uh, quite at some time. You know, the whole place thing about it was really mystical, I thought. And then one morning, this guy turned me onto this right hand row over the other side of the island. And dead set, man, I remember my first wave that I took off on there. Like, I just took off on this wave, and it was a really mellow hot dog wave, you know, and I just dropping down, I was really digging on the wave and just feeling it out because I hadn't surfed the place before. And they said that the sea snakes roam around this place in packs. And if you ever see a pack of... Um, sea snakes coming towards you, it's a pretty heavy sight. So on, on my first few waves at that place, I was just taking off and I was really just cruising because I was looking for any sea snake packs coming towards me. And then I just surfed this really mellow section and just doing a few, you know, little bottom turns and a little cut back. And I came into this inside and, and I, I felt myself sort of getting dragged over this ledge. And I, I just went with this wave is so insane like you'll be riding along inside the tube you know that the coral is right below you once you're inside them tubes at that place definitely want to come back out because if you don't come out your chances of uh, getting some skin off you at least are excellent
Sam and Matt George did heaps of video cassettes uh, back in the early 80s, things like Amazing Surf Stories and um, Five Summer Stories, things like that. They were, they were had their, their voice was literally, you know, what I would say Tom Curran's era of grommets grew up watching. Where were you in 72? It was a time of change in America. Congress signed the Equal Rights Amendment. Surfboards went from nine feet to six. There was hope that we would soon be out of Vietnam. The joy of surfing helped ease painful memories of a war an ocean away. It was a time of a new concern for world ecology. Um, so, yeah, they were, they were big on it. Bruce Brown, uh, Endless Summer, is clearly... The most iconic. Who did Endless Summer too? Narr- narr- I think that was Bruce Still, Yeah. Some of the comments As in Endless in, Summer who, 1 he, didn't age well. <laughs> the like, whole Africa thing's real problematic. But mm. um, yeah. Should we have a listen to that? <laughs> Definitely. Halfway around the world and halfway across the dunes, it seemed like a bad idea. It started to get pretty hot. The odds were against us finding, sir. We didn't even know if we'd find the water. When you go looking for surf, you don't look for a really big wave. If you found one, you'd never ride it in strange waters. It would be much too dangerous. What every surfer dreams of finding is a small wave with perfect shape, what we call a perfect wave. The odds against finding that are 10 million to one. They finally got their first look at Cape St. Francis, South Africa. Oh, that was fun. Why I like that. Aussies didn't, Aussies didn't tap into it for some reason. We never well, really... I would imagine that Nick Carroll has a few out there and I would also imagine that Reggae Ellis, he had the big radio voice. He was the, um, he, he was the surf reporter on Triple M for pretty much two decades. Uh, Doug Mulry's era, which is pre-millennial, uh, so you might not even know those guys, yeah. surf core, but uh, Reggae's still around. He's a legend. He commentated Bells forever. Hi, Reggae Ellis here on 8 That Swell. Hard to believe this is the first time I've been on such an illustrious, culturally award-winning program, uh, but even more hard to believe is the fact I never narrated a surf movie. Given how bad the narration was during the 80s, 90s, and dare I say it, still in the 2000s, I think I should have been there, but I wasn't. But I'm still looking for work, so if you need a good voice... You know where to come. This has been Reggae Ellis. I ain't that swell. <laughs> oh, mate. And um, post that, I'm really struggling. Maybe uh, we're, we're starting to get up towards the Ronnies. Yeah, but these guys aren't narrating that. films. You know, yeah, we'll... I don't know. I think Russell, maybe that's just the bridge we've all... That's, that's the goat we've all got to climb on. Mm. Mm. Oh, of course, yeah. John C. Riley uh, did a bit of narration on View from a Blue Moon ah. for, uh, for John Florence's... Yeah, he's iconic. You and my dad decided that your mom was really hot and maybe we should just both bang her. And we'll put up with the retard in the meantime. Who's the retard? You. But y'all don't say that. Shut up. Wake up my dad and get me grounded. Number four. John John ties the knot to his coolie girlfriend, Lauren Cribb. Um, yeah, a match made in heaven, and I actually, I actually knew Lauren back in the day. Her, her olds were both uh, both Ambos from the Tweed, from memory. It doesn't get much more core battle than that. You must be thrilled about this surf core to have John John now officially, you know, embraced by the Coolie uh, yeah. community. Pretty sure as me one and Lauren, of their own. Yeah, me and Lauren, I think, went and did the same fucking 
like short course at Griff Tafe up in uh, <laughs> Southport. Yeah, awesome. What were like, you studying? Um, fuck, it, it was some stupid cryptic digital media bullshit that I fucking dropped out of. But um, yeah, no, nah, she she's um she seems like she's got her head screwed on right, and um, I reckon it could only be uh you know to each of their advantage uh being together. So I I reckon um. Yeah, it's looking good for another John John title. Nothing I mean, better than Sick Daddy married a Bala. That's mental. Yeah. It's so, like, I reckon John John's, like, low key, pretty kind of tapped in, like, with that sort of bat. Like, he's single yeah, mum kind of nice. vibe. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. That would have been a core existence growing up. Yeah. Single mum. Well, single mum with, what was it, three or four boys? How many of them is there? There's three of them. Right. And, um, but yeah, well, I Living in share houses with Japanese students and whatnot. I mean, that's exactly how I grew up, actually. But, um, mm. yeah. Fucking. Yeah. But the weird thing was, I mean, uh, well below my uh, <laughs> potential. <laughs> potential. When I left Waves and I, I actually became the, uh, what was it called? I think it was called the global editor of Transworld Surf. And it was a magic time because the Oz, money in the surf industry. Well, the, yeah, there was money and the Oz dollar was worth 48 US cents. So uh, I was on a retainer before I wrote a single word and they were just flying me around to different things. And everywhere I went, you'd bump into the Florence family and there'd be. Uh, you know, Alex there with the three boys and they were always staying with some fucking, like the biggest apex legend of that zone. Uh, we went to Porto Escondido once, uh, myself, Aussie and Cowboy and uh, the Florences were staying next door with uh, Coco Nogales and like on eight to ten foot days, ten-year-old John John is getting whipped in <laughs> fucking on this tiny little red toothpick and just getting drained out of his mind, yeah. uh, you know, like in these huge waves of consequence. Consequence, yeah. Consequence, yeah. Um, so yeah, like, uh, yeah, they were doing fascinating. Story. It was a single. It was the the single mom and Alex did a fucking unbelievable job, man, because um, she really did bring those guys up. Single mother but of three boggles the mind. You know, Can you imagine? When they were in California, they'd stay with Archie. When they were in Europe, they'd stay with you know the top dogs there. They she, they were embedded in sort of like the top end of every beach that they went to and getting good sets, getting good experience. And, yeah, I don't know if it was planned out like that, but it was definitely a huge advantage to those kids, um, you know, considering what they've achieved since. Interesting uh, to note, too, the ring that was used. Uh, Yes, so this is from Stab Magazine. Apparently, uh, after popping the question, with an heirloom ring that John's mother... Alexandra found on the beach at Pipeline some time ago. So the ring was just found on the sand and it's become a fam- family heirloom. I love it. Real pikey style. <laughs> I wonder that's, if that's the ring that, that that guy dropped. Did you see that? He was trying to propose to his girlfriend on, on the same wave. Oh, Did what? you catch that? No. It was like a, a YouTube clip, like an epic fail where this guy's like on one knee and he's proposing and his girlfriend turns around and he's like, oh my God, and he drops the ring and it's just gone. Yeah. That's such that like sick frugal behavior. That's so like Centrelink behavior, like finding a ring and using it as your proposal. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking backer. That's huge, these. Um, and yeah, the reception, uh, another really, really core uh, choice of uh, venue. I, I believe um, the reception took place mostly at Eli Olsen's surf film premiere. This is um, unbelievable. <laughs> According to close friends of the family, after making it official, John and Lauren headed over to Turtle Bay for the most humble of celebratory evenings, uh, hanging with John's Rat Pack posse at Eli Olsen's new film, film premiere for Dream Run. Um, now, I'm, I'm interested to know, I mean, do you think uh, most women 
when they picture, you know, the big day and uh, that uh, that moment they walk into the auditorium to to greet all their their beloved beloved ones. Uh, you know, do, do you think they picture walking into a you know, a, an auditorium that smells of uh, wet socks and spilt margaritas uh, filled with maggot degenerates hooting at, uh, hooting at giant tubes on a big screen? Is that, uh, you, do you think she pictured that? <laughs> I, I, I think there's a precedent for this, Smithy. I'm pretty sure uh, Richie Lovett and his lovely wife Amanda from down there in uh, Manly spent uh, or, or had their reception at Matty Jai's How's Your Pie premiere at the North Stain Hotel. Wow. Mm. Fuck. Yeah, no, yeah. that didn't. It didn't happen. But I mean, <laughs> how good it be if it did? It's uh, it's so odd yeah. to have your reception just tag it onto someone's uh, surf movie premiere. Yeah, I'm trying to picture like walking down the aisle of like Bangers Hotel during like the Rage Prem or something. <laughs> <laughs> so walking between drunk guys in like the pokies room and fucking Schooner Man out the front. Like, <laughs> if you were, like, if, if you could pick any surf movie premiere to have your reception at Surfcore, which would it be? Oh fuck! Oh. Fun boys, yeah, for sure. Like, oh, like everyone on the white Mitsubishi, yeah. that'd be a mega night. Yeah, Spiking the like, punch. <laughs> fuck yeah. You're going to have no... Bridesmaids like, getting rooted on the washing machine out the back. <laughs> see it, it'd be huge. Yeah. What about you, Smithy? It has to be a teddy bear's picnic, wouldn't it? Oh, for sure. Let's go to Morris's rave cave for the reception. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Fucking so hyped on that. Oh, interesting choice though. He's just done the or whole wedding Maynard on such Town a Hall, Perhaps I'd have my uh, a, a reception doof. Yeah, that'd be mental. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I love the the doof uh, the doof reception crossover. Yeah, well, isn't the ring meant to be like I got told it's meant to be three months of your annual income goes mm. to the ring? And since uh, the big H is off the front of uh, John John's nose, he has spent his three months of salary <laughs> on it. Fuck all. <laughs> um, and still in the. Uh, the dating arena, uh, Medina has shacked up with a 32-year-old model divorcee. Um, yeah, 32 old spice. <laughs> uh, Yasmin Botello Fernandez is his new spouse in, uh, fuck, mate, the, uh, the name alone's got me seeping. Wow, hot, hot, hot. Um, but, yeah, you know what that means? Uh, you know, 32, Vaughn. Mm. You think, uh, you know, she's not getting any younger. She's going to be ready to sow seed, you'd think. So, uh, I mean, 32, like, Gabby's going to want to have the magnifying glass out and uh, scanning his Connie for for pinpricks because they're good, the Brazo ladies. Sow seed of the best of them, so I've been told, Vaughn. Well, look, I don't know about that, but I find the timing uh, of of Gabby, you know, a notorious... Free agent, yeah. Yeah. He is uh, a guy who spends a lot of his time on the phone swiping right, I believe. Um, So the timing, like John John gets married, Gabby finds a a potential bride-to-be. Is this just another chapter in this endless rivalry of like who's going to, you know, get married first, who's going to spend, is it the least or the most on the ring? Like what's going on here? I was wondering as well, like, um, you know, what role Instagram followers play in all this like um mm. uh yasmin here has uh 2.1 million instagram followers um and i'm just wondering you know 
is that a factor when you're in that echelon of greatness? You know, could, could someone like Medina stoop so low as to date someone with like, you know, 700 followers or something like that? Like, uh, you know, what's the minimum there? Wow, that's what, three, I'm never three, 350? That's out of the question, surely. 350 that's followers, that's... What, like a thousand? You can't what, trust what, a girl with more than a thousand followers. Think about the DMs um, they're getting. Mm. <laughs> I reckon. Point. I reckon he's going to get heartbroken by this. Uh, this cougar. Heart, yeah, oh, heartbroken, or, or just a man. I'm. I'm. I'm, saying, I'm looking into my crystal ball, and I'm seeing a, a pregnancy on the cards. Like, really? Very soon. Yeah. I mean, she just come out of a seven year relationship. Yeah. Um, Medina's got to be on guard here because uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, watch I'm, out for the pinprick and the Connie Medina. I'm already heartbroken that the cornrows only lasted like three Instagram posts. Oh, I, I, I so wanted to. Good. I could not get enough of that. That was the first time I thought, "Hang on a minute, I can finally get on board with Gabby here." I think yeah. the corn crow, the cornrow ranks in that. Uh, Echelon of haircut, same like with the rat's tail, and I'm afraid to say surf so called the mullet, which uh, you know you're, you're repping a decent one at the moment. But generally, like these haircuts, they're definitely not intended at attracting female mates. I feel like it's more <laughs> of a, a a masculine kind of show of uh, a show of masculinity. Uh, it's more to impress the men it just as opposed to the, the females and I, I was, as well just on top of that like mm. the, the mullet in particular um it's, it's a fucking very uh, underratedly high maintenance haircut uh <laughs> for you know what's typically a low maintenance kind of guy so <laughs> surfcore's rocking a really nice little power mullet right yeah now. i'm getting look like the, look at that little tail it's a, it's bit, a little like legionnaire flap kind of mm. thing like a little sun safe thing i've been getting weird ass sunburn on the back of my neck but like mm. halfway down and stuff um, just a final word on the, on the cornrows there. I just felt like Gabby was just fully tapping James Franco from Spring Breakers. I think he, he was just feeling like, this is my life now. This <laughs> is where I'm going to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't seen that film, but is he fucking rinsing a whole lot of puss medus in that oh, film? Like, like, Jimmy a, Franco? He does a mental Britney Spears cover in it, like that real like emotional piano one. It's this one about a little-known pop singer by the name of Miss Britney Spears. One of the greatest singers of all time. An angel, if there ever was one on this earth. <laughs> Notice me, take my hand. Why are we strangers when I love? Oh, I right see on. that Harmony Queen and James Franco, but it's a melter. Yeah, it's bullshit. Number three. Mick Wright, the mullet-headed mad man, is back after a crook back and a long layoff. Now, uh, a couple of stories I've heard um, about how injured that back. Uh, I mean, obviously, Quicksilver has their official statement, but, you know, in this age of fake news, uh, it's hard to trust <laughs> state-sponsored media. Um, yeah, I mean, they're telling us it happened after a bad stack at pipe. 
But uh, what I've heard is actually he uh, fucked his back helping Owen move house, tried to lift his fridge and fucking slipped a disc. Um, <laughs> but I'm also getting some uh, rumours of an electric boogaloo uh, to worm gone wrong on the checkered linoleum floor there at the Marlin in Ulladulla. Um Yeah, he just, you know, saw that checkered floor there and uh, couldn't help himself. And uh, (laughs) yeah, just uh, herniated the uh, L5 and L3 discs, I think it was, or whatever it was. that room is so torch. Have you been in there? The black lights and the the checkers and the fucking... The patronage is just off the hook. You've never actually seen in anyone in there. But, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's still fucking firing. Like, you walk in, there's not a soul in there, and it's it smells like a Coke fart. The whole joint. <laughs> 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 smells like a mix of petroleum and Vaseline. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, fuck, let's just take a little audio sample of from the mullet-headed Hermad man, Hermick, Herright, uh, talking about his layoff and what's been going on you know i'm going pretty hard in the surf going back to doing some airs and that obviously i'm sore like muscle sore like i haven't been doing all this shit for like 10 months now so feeling good feeling confident and happy to be going big again going hard um now a few big takeaways uh uh from me on the comeback uh, Mm -hmm. in order of importance the fucking mullet he's repping at the moment are you kidding me oh my god it (laughs) is next level finally you know no fucking around with these mullets as good as it gets. <laughs> these mincy little half mullets. I mean, this thing is the oh, scar. It's career best, mate. Uh, it's a tight shave on top. Maybe a number two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, straight into shoulder length labs. A what? Well, I'm sensing that perhaps, and I don't want to curse him here because as a bald man, you know, I, I take no greater joy than in other people going if bald. If you grew a mullet, you wouldn't look that dissimilar. Mate, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm Pretty inspired. much skin on top. I'm inspired to grow. I actually was going to do use the whole COVID to get my skullet cranking, <laughs> but I fucking missed the boat. I uh, had to do a, uh, host a, uh, a gig for fucking Channel 9. I'm hosting the Australian Surfing Awards that we won. Oh, what? Oh, oh yeah, that's how it works. Oh. The bourgeois elite, well played. Yeah, here we go. Here getting we go. Getting us the award, getting us the nod. Well, I had to cut it. I had to cut it off. I had to cut me skullet off. I wasn't allowed to uh, to rep it. Oh, what? Yeah. These corporate reptiles oh, having to well, say kinda, on your haircut? That's it wasn't those guys. Mad uh, Stalin behaviour. No, it was, it was my own choice, but. I... It, it, I was in that weird in-between zone where, you know, it's not looking good enough to be a mullet. It just sort of looks like a patchwork quilt. Mm. Looks like a toffee apple being dropped in a barbershop. It was just, <laughs> just really bad. Mm, yeah. Yep, yep. And I just wanted to uh, also point at uh, the dirty moustache he's ropping with the mullet. Now, that is a t- tough combo to pull off, but I reckon he pulls it off. Mm. Uh, uh, I mean, I gave it a go at one point, actually, and I, I looked like a, a gay cop from the 80s. <laughs> Um, but yeah, not Mick Wright. That cunt's full of heterosexual hot sauce. And uh, yeah. Good to have him back. I, smell it. Is there any opinion before we get going? Because like once we get back into competition, there's this surf off happening between him and Leo Fiora. It's like a tour within oh, yeah. a tour within a tour within a tour. Fuck, that's a wild. I forgot about that. It's, a, it's like mean, these two guys have three comps to beat each other. Wow. They should only be surfing against each other, don't you reckon? That's right. Yeah, that's fucking cool. earth. And if, I mean, if the haircuts are any metric, and we all know they oh, are, it's fucking over. Leo's gone, mate. Forget it. I don't even show up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as for uh, his surfing in the, the clip, I mean, throwing the fucking kitchen Fuck, sink You want to talk about it. rail yeah. game. That's as good as it gets. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. He's been um. I've seen him the tube riding. He's hucking himself. He's hucking himself over ledges to the point where you're thinking someone might have to have a word to this guy. Mm. 
this, uh, this little, can little, I just... it's hinging on self-destructive. Yeah, for sure. Mm. It's kind of freaking me out, but uh, at the same time, like, fuck, if he's willing to go there, go there. Well, it's, it's, this is uh, just, just uh, it sparked a little thing. We, we had Damien Hardman on the last episode, uh, Manly ATS Live, and he was telling us that he and Oki are the same age, grew up their whole junior career surfing against each other. Um, and I'm just looking at Mikey and then looking at Ethan Ewing and, and the different types of personalities, the different yeah. looks, the different sort of just aura of those two guys. And the surfing that they're doing is so... Like, it's in the same ballpark, but mm. just so different. It's true. I mean, one's from sleepy, stonery North Strati, another one's from... Icy battlerish Nara. Yeah, but I it's mean, a showcases a lot of it. that it, it's just it's got that Oki Duma story kind of mm. playing out again, and it shows that uh, maybe Ethan doesn't need that mongrel that uh, you know we were talking about. That, that, just that just it unbridled in. fury. Maybe he can just ice it like uh, the Doom, yeah. the Doom Doom. Well, mm. Mikey's relocated to the Tweed, and he does kind of strike narrow to the Tweed. Wow, he's on the Battler Superhighway there. <laughs> yeah, but like he's fully like, I swear he's like a sixty-five-year-old Tweed retiree Hauser <laughs> trapped in an elite <laughs> athlete's body because he's down throwing <laughs> soft plastics off the jetty out the front of my place like every second day, just fucking <laughs> eating chico rolls and fucking wearing oh, slip double disc. pluggers. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So good. Good so to no, have him I back. Think, yeah, I think, he's, I think he's, he's found he, his he's place. He's the Australian surfing spirit animal. Up the, he's the Swellian spirit Swellian animal too. We animal. love him. Up the mongrel. Up the mongrel. Up the madman. Number two. Yeah. Italo Ferreira is looking like an unbeatable Herculean Adonis wounded gull-like. Fuck, he's looking good. absolute perennialness. So, ever since Italo won the world, champ, world title in spectacular... You know, uh, fucking circumstances. Hasn't he fucking looked like a world champ? Like leading into that comp, it was like, oh, has he got? Has he got this? I mean, we, we, you could feel the energy building, but you know, there's a, a massive difference in energy between someone who has a world title next to their name and someone who doesn't. And it just looks like he's owning it. Like he, in so many ways, since he's won the world title, he's overshadowed Gabby in every way. Mm. In so many ways, in every way, he's doing it. Mm. Yep. Don't you think? Like I, I've barely seen Gabby, but then I noticed this crazy little run of Insty posts the other day, and it was Italo dropped that front side full rotor. You see that one? That's fun. monster, fucking wow. monstrous. It's the punt. second like, biggest pun I've ever seen. Mate, it's huge. Has he been eating moon rocks? But How then, did he get that high? Did you, yeah, it was so insane. And then snorting moon rocks, smoking I, it perhaps. I don't know. I shit you not. Two days later, not even, maybe the next day, John John drops this sort of high-speed, you know... Um, oh, that backside thing, Backside yeah. full rotor on this fucking shitty little punchy beachy that isn't too different. Like, it's a monster and it, he fucking stomps it's it without it. How then, weird are punts like that? Uh, there's just, like but, I said, like, like Slater said, the incremental improvement, it's there. You know, everything's mm. getting that little bit higher, that little bit cleaner, that little bit more powerful. Surfing is... In a fucking gold. But then age. Smithy cop this. The day after that, Gabby drops this um, monster corrupt flip that is as ugly as a hat full of assholes. But <laughs> but it is massive, man. It is the fucking biggest punt. And I'm like, these three guys are they're they're actually like you know we we know that John John gets inspired by Gabby. 
But these three are, are in a nuclear arms race right now. They're, yeah. they're, they're actually starting to like – it's like North Korea doing the missile tests. They're all just there popping off their own guns and it's, oh, yeah. it's shaping up to be Psycho. pretty special when it all goes back down. Corrupt flips, but fucking hell. Some tricks just didn't need to be invented. <laughs> that thing's so bad. <laughs> like, like He's getting the height though, mate. I swear, it's, like, yeah. it's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, you're right. It's, no, no, it just, yeah. It, it has a weird... Uh, when the corrupt it, flip first come out, I kind of, I dug it from split second there just because of the, the grab seems to add a bit of like speed to the rotation or something. I don't know, there's something yeah. about it like that, that tripped me out for a, a hot minute and uh, it wore very thin, very quickly. It it's looks like playing Twister on Mushies or something. <laughs> it's like full body contortion. Yeah, it looks like uh, the kind of surf manoeuvre Prince might have attempted once he got his rib removed. Oh, I've got a uh, <laughs> one a little Forrest Gump trivia. I, I filmed the first ever corrupt flip. But <laughs> I, I filmed the very first ever wow. air that that trick was named after. It was at uh, Newport Beach. Is that the one in Scissors, Paper, Rock or whatever I, it is? It might be in there. It was um, Oz... Over there with Oz, and I was actually filming him, and Kersey was surfing the same little bank, and I just happened to capture it, and I sent it uh, the the footage to Ronnie, and he ran it as frame grabs in waves, which you might have seen. So yeah, yeah, and that's that that was when it got named. I think Ronnie and uh, Kersey came up with the name right there, and and that was it. So uh, yeah, a little bit of Johnny on the spot for you, Williams. The Wazzles Monumental Rejig of the World Tour. Uh, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts? Love it. I actually fucking am pumped out of my skin for this to get going. I, I, I uh, had a good listen to the ELO when he was uh, spruiking all the details. and The Grogan. The Grogan. And... Um, Mate, I just thought it sounded fantastic. Because surfing's been cruising along, doing its thing for a long time in this format, and there's just two big changes that I like the sound of. Like if you're if you're in the top eight or ten or whatever number they decide at the end of the year, um, and you qualify for a world title surf off, fucking that is so much more exciting. It brings more more people into a world title race, all starting from scratch, like semifinals in a footy code or whatever. Um, but it also, for me, like works m- much more in the favour of a guy like Geordie or a guy like... The white chocolate, you reckon this high pressure... Well, pressure uh, well it's, just think about know. how hard it is to stay focused for a whole year. Like, it's just gnarly. Like, he's always uh, sniffing around that top zone. But put him in where it's just like... Put him in the pressure there. cooker and the white chocolate will hold I, I think he's going to hold, mate. And <laughs> I, I like the sound of that. I really do. And I think that... I just like the idea of like having a uh, you you win your your trophy for being the best performer for the year, and then it all goes into semi-finals and finals. Like pretty much so many so many other sports do that, and I just think it's uh, it's it's going to be still well deserved if you finish the year in eighth, um, because we've had eight people final events before. I think um, at Pipeline in the eighties, BL's year wasn't it? Yeah, BL's yeah. year there was uh, like three or four going for it. The year before that in eighty seven there was six. Six yeah, guys right. going into the last event to win. So it's just bringing that element to it. And um, you know that those six guys aren't going to fluke a whole year to get in the top ten. You know what I mean? Mm. You know who's not psyched like on it? it. The, uh, the wounded gull, MR, the time world champion. <laughs> oh, he's gone sour, the gull. Mm, here's what he had to say about it on Tracks Magazine. A great interview with uh, Scum Valley's finest himself, Luke Kennedy. 
Uh, this is what Luke asked. For someone like yourself who's got four world titles, does it in any way make you feel like your titles are cheapened? Mm. Uh, MR said, yeah, I read the blurb. I saw the, you know, the stuff they came out with and I read a little bit about it on some of the surf sites and everything. I understand their enthusiasm that the world title showdown last year between number one and number two created a lot of excitement. But I think, and I won't go into it, you could dream up 10 reasons why that created so much excitement. And it wasn't just the fact that it was number one going up against number two. The examples that I saw, the examples that I, it's a typo, the examples that I saw on their website that you know, that, you know, the Super Bowl finishes on a day and you know, fuck mate, this guy's got worse grammar than uh, Parker. (laughs) The examples that I saw on their website that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Don't read out the you knows. Well, it's there, isn't it? Uh, the Super Bowl finishes on a day and, you know, the NBA Finals finish on a day, which they don't, you know, there needs to be a comma there, Bubba. <laughs> they have about seven different playoffs. It seemed to me, and I may be wrong, but my reading of it was that everything they said goes down on a day of excitement with more team sports. They didn't mention Grand Prix pro motor racing, you know, like I can't imagine the drivers who drive in Formula One and especially the guy who's driven the best at a number of circuits in a number of different conditions for the year and was leading in the world championship race, would be happy to go, oh, yeah, great, let's just have one race on the final day, and that decides the champion. Everything that went down during the year doesn't count. So I think my main concern is that the whole idea of the tour is that you have a point system for every event, and let's say you have, you know, X amount of events a year, in different conditions from reefs to beaches, you know, to points from lefts to rights. And you end up with a guy that performed best in a variety of conditions over a whole year of surfing. I think that's what should actually determine the world champion each year. If you're going to throw it all in and it's going to be decided on one day, then why even have a tour? You know, let's just have a one day winner takes all and walks away with $5 million. Hmm. Mm. The wounded gull has spoken. Well, you gotta you gotta take the wounded gull. Yeah, spinning some truth there. Um, Seriously, but oh yeah, go surf call. Oh fuck! Like, is it like I brought some videos with me? Because mm. we have precedent for what they're p- planning on doing, and it's the Billabong Challenge that uh, Rabbit used to do. If anyone's not seen these VHSs, I'm going to digitize them for everyone. But, Yum, um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, basically, back in the day, um, you know, they went up to Northwest uh, West Oz and um, Rabbit out the back of some troopies and some pop-up tents. Fuck, it was a golden era. Mm. Held a eight-man all-star cast surf off uh, out at um, a, a spot that won't be named, but it's a left reeling point. So the precedent's been set by Rabbit, and I reckon if they go back to a format like that, that'd be cool. Fuck yeah. I would love, man, I'm just praying to the gods for a return to, like, whether it's in the WSL umbrella or just the, the Billabong um, Super Challenge itself, or someone's got to pick that concept up and run with it again. It was fucking so glorious. Man, yeah. I, I just, it, it makes the final day of competition, whatever it looks like, every heat matters. Every single heat. Like, you're, you're fucking sitting there riding every wave and everyone's, like, lifelong dream to be the world champ. 
is there from the start of that that final uh, final series or whatever it is to the end. It's just uh, and it still incorporates to get the uh, you know to have the honor or or to have the opportunity to win that world title. You've still got to be the best in every single condition. Yeah, I, I don't see the problem with it. I really don't. Uh, the secondary thing about that whole announcement and the changes going on is just fucking regional tours oh, so in every needed. spot is just the best idea ever. Like I cannot fucking psych this up enough because yeah. not only is it just a huge waste of money and super hard to get around the world and surf in these events and if you get sick or whatever out of 10,000, your fucking year's just about done. Um, so now you, you can surf. It's going to like make every region way stronger more competitive because guys who don't have money will be surfing and they're going to be part of it. Younger crew coming through will have a clearer pathway. It's just everything about it to me sounds like it's it's geared towards uh, a more uh, – it's a more equal opportunity for each region too because everyone has a certain number of crew, this is how I imagine it's going to work, who qualifies for the Challenger Series and then they're doing battle for that that next step up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too easy. So it saves uh – you know, the guys who can least afford it, which are, you know, are often working class QS competitors, saves them so much coin, mate. Oh. How, what a ridiculous concept sending, you know, guys who are dish pigs at, uh, you know, Twin Towns in the Tweed there, um, you know, like to fucking the Canary Islands to battle over, you know, a 1,000 or 3,000 event, uh, which, you know, even if they win it, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't give them an, enough points to get on mm. the tour. Doesn't even give, give them a, enough money to pay for their trip. The, ho- the whole thing was so wacky. Yeah. So this was much needed. Um, yeah, I'm back in the like the like shoestring budget Aussie tour. It's going to make it more mental for us. I'm thinking of doing the Great Lakes Pro and Foster just to have a fun. <laughs> yeah, life. man, be mental. <laughs> but, That's um, it. Yeah, no, I reckon bring it back, and I reckon also just like like. Yeah, like you said before, like stoke the dream of all the like old guys that just kind of have been on the job site for five years being like, oh, I can't fucking afford to do it. Like maybe we'll see fucking Laurie Town have a stab at it, come back from the Billabong yeah. Pro Juniors and go straight And man, like cool. every ocean on earth, like there's no region without a slab, without a point. Like every region now, like in the old days you'd go like, oh, Brazil's shit. But now we know that it's fucking not. We yeah, know that there's... fucking hiding it from. Exactly, no, mate. So, <laughs> so sick. You know, like I, I think this is this is the future. I'm back in uh, the woozle on this one, and uh, I think the ELO has done a good job in this yeah. this reform. Oh, it's it's a mental concept, and you, the narrative is always already uh, taking shape in my mind. You can kind of see a, you know, a Jai Aberdeen or a, a Shane Holmes, you know, <laughs> just you know, they're hitting meat carcasses in the in the meat packing freezer. You know, I can see him running to the steps of uh, Town Hall there in <laughs> in Sydney, uh, you know, punching the air and. <laughs> It's just I just can see one of those Rocky Balboa stories yeah. uh, coming out of this. Mm. Last time Jay Abedin was on the town hall steps was probably <laughs> post like murder allegations, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> <we'll> <laughs> um, so, Cruzy, you spoke to Cruzy. Smithy, is yeah, that right? Yeah, let's hear from Cruzy. He's uh, a guy who's seen both sides of the coin, World Tour competitor and QE battler. Here's what he had to say. Um, fuck, I'm, I'm kind of backing it all, I think, hey. Um, I think the I think the best because like this morning I, I kind of went through it all and read it all and went okay like this the world championship tour has obviously changed um, with that big event to surf for the 
the world champion, I kind of think that's a pretty sick idea. I think it's like it's definitely something that they can like sell sell off to people and and really you know get the fans engaged with it because like like um, that that one day at Pipe at the end of the year is pretty fucking sick. Yeah. When, they, when Gabby and Italo were just you know going for a world title, so I can definitely see see how they want to kind of make that a thing. I just, the, the one thing is my concern is, you know, how's the whole year going to pan out for all the, all the rest of the crew kind of getting to that spot. That's the only one concern I sort of had kind of, you know, one day it could, it could be fucking two foot and all of a sudden, you know, there's the best surfer win on that day and not, you know, that's my only one concern, but I actually back, back that whole concept that they're trying to do. That's um, a good point, yeah. As long as, as long as like, there's benefits for someone who puts together a whole year, um, you know, his seed or whatever that may be going into that last kind of, kind of event for the world title, what sort of, you know, benefits does he have from having a blinder of a whole year? You know, like what's that going to look like? Mm, mm. So, so as long as they can come up with kind of a cool advantage for that, I think it's sick. Um, in terms of the the QS, like the, the Challenger Series part of it and the regional kind of qualifying thing, I think it's fucking unreal. Like it gives um, it gives everyone an opportunity, like I guess – not really for someone like me because I'm sort of, you know, probably got, you know, five or so years left doing this. It's more for the crew, you know, below coming up. Like, they, they have the opportunity to now go and get an education or, or work in, in between sort of that off-season and then put their head down and then prepare for, like, a challenge, the Challenger series like the QS in, in a smaller time frame mm. rather than posing all this coin and um, you're fucking like you're just posing coin, traveling the world all year, kind of you don't get an opportunity to go and maybe go and do a uni degree in the, in the it, it, it just, it just gives that opportunity to be able to sort of work on something else besides just slogging it out going to end of the earth doing events. Um, I think that's a real good big benefit. And then also the regional kind of part of it for, for the up and coming like people, I think it's sick. I think it's going to be so much cheaper for everyone. It's going to give everyone an, uh, an opportunity to kind of um, blossom in, in certain certain regions and, and there's going to be a lot of really good surfers that aren't very fortunate getting more opportunity to showcase their, you know, abilities and, and having success in events where they, you know, don't have to go and fly around to fucking bloody, you know, Europe or wherever to go and compete in a 3,000 and fucking shit way. So, um I think it's sick. I'm backing it. I, mm. I think there needed to be some changes, and and um, yeah, I, I, I think as soon as they list some more detail with it all, it'll be exciting to see kind of what they're thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, 
you know, I guess you can you can see this from a couple of different perspectives too, because um, you know the year that you fell off to her, um, you know, would it have uh, would it have made it? Uh, you know, what would it have been like if you had have had the chance to get back onto her through the Challenger Series when you fell off straight away? Yeah, I think um, fuck. For me, I was a totally different fucking bloke to where I, to the person I am now back then. I was pretty naive and shit. I didn't just sort of fucking half-ass it, to be completely honest with you. I, I should have applied myself and shit would have changed. But if I, if it had have been a different structure, I reckon it would have maybe taken a little bit of pressure off the, my first year competing because I would have known that, okay, I have the opportunity to to go hard for another four months if shit doesn't go to plan, um, rather than going, holy shit, I've just worked my whole life to get to this point and make the tour, and I've had a barry and I've got I'm back I'm relegated back to a whole year on the QS. Um, I think it will relieve a bit of that sort of um, kind of stress you may get as a rookie because. Um, I remember the first few events for me. I, 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 you know, had that confidence, and all it took was one, you know, shitty heat that didn't go my way, or or someone said a shitty comment for me to just completely <laughs> crumble and fucking lose confidence and shit like that. So maybe it'll for the next generation of kids, it'll it'll give them more of a bit of bit of relief and confidence to actually. Go, okay, I've, I've got my spot. If worst case, I'm, I'm going to have to put my head down through that Challenger Series period to get back on. So mm, just mm. whoever's got enough mongrel and fucking froth, like they'll, they'll be able to pull it off. Yeah, and I imagine you know, you'd have a lot of form and momentum uh, having spent the whole year surfing against the top seeds uh, as a rookie on tour. So if you drop off... You know, you're carrying like you're carrying some world tour uh, level surfing straight into the Challenger Series. For sure, like you fucking mate, it's all confidence, really. Like if you on that QE nowadays, compared to years ago when when I qualified, it was like fuck. You could you could make a few mistakes and still make some heats and shit. Where now you got fucking. Every single guy is gnarly. Like, you got crew Brazilians that you've never even heard of that are doing 20-foot airs and knee-high waves. And you can't make a mistake. Like, um, so if you if you lack any form of confidence in, and mental kind of, you know, you, you're not you, – you're not, fired up and, and, and holding your, puffing your chest out, you, you're going to get this walked all over by everyone. So, and a good thing about having surfing against that top tier kind of world tour level dudes is if you're, if you're flogging a few of them, you're going to be feeling pretty sick. Like, that's why Hawaii's good. You know, a lot of the, the world tour guys compete there and, and, you know, you have a Hawaii season that's kind of sick and you beat a few of those guys kind of get that confidence going in the next year going fuck it like I had a I, I had some heats against these guys and vlog them and 
So, yeah, but no, I think, um, yeah, I think it's spot on, really. Sick. All right, unreal, man. Well, uh, thanks for yammering with Ain't That Swell. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. See you, brother. Have a good one. See you, mate. Ask us a question, we'll tell you no lie. Ask us a question, we'll tell you no lie. Ask us a question, Smivy. We are back with the Swellians, and there is plenty of questions coming through uh, in these isolated times, my friend. First one is from Rifley Fly. Rifley Fly. Surfers to run our countries, pros and cons. Gilmore to run. Oh, we've had this one. Rye. Gilmore is PM. Goat to run America. Fano to run Australia. What do you think? Just a quick one because we have addressed this before. I think we've, uh, we've uh, given it the okay, the thumbs up. If we could get uh, Gilmore sort of behaving in any way, shape or form like Jacinta Ardern or... Possibly, um, yeah, I mean, Robert Mugabe. We'd be uh, we'd be well on our way. <laughs> Steph's uh, Steph would be the sickest PM. I can't imagine any job um, she wouldn't be good at. But uh, especially, you know, she's from a, a working class uh, battler stronghold. There, the Tweed, Coolangatta. Um, you know, she's had to transcend. People forget that she's had to transcend some bullshit, mate. She got fucking attacked by some maniac of a metal pole out the front of a house like that that's that's a that, that's ptsd in a fucking in a nutshell so overcoming that um you know that i think shit like that really gives you a, a heart and a sensibility for um just to fucking for why people are the way they are and um It'd be pretty interesting if, if goat sort of ended politics at some point and ended up pro, uh, president the potos so do you think he we'd end up seeing sort of oh. what's behind the doors at area 51 and He's and the reptilians would be peeling off their face masks <laughs> on a daily basis. He's definitely got that same sort of social media vague, like like broad eyes closed, swinging, punching at shadows kind of thing that Donald Trump's got going. <laughs> like I could still see him like sitting in the White House and like taunting like fourteen year old kids with fifty followers on mm. Instagram, like in his spare time. So he fits the mold. I don't know what party he'd run for. Mm. You'd hope democratic, but you know mm. he is uh, definitely minted a one percenter reptilian shapeshifter. So, mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> excuse me, I've got another one here. Uh, this is from the Source Bottle. Uh, oh yeah, he said, "Can we expect to see Vaughn Deadly foiling in arseless chaps in the near ah. future?" <laughs> and they've uh, I, I, we've I, actually got a, 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 a follow up from that. Chris Gibbons uh, from Brisbane. Uh, did they present Deadly with his pair of arseless chaps I, before or after the foiling sesh? Man, I actually was just fully, you know, uh, Azza from Earth Kite Surfing has been on us for a while to give it a, a go after we just torched it so many times. And um, yeah, I fucking. I had a dig at it and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It was really good, but fucking it is pretty deadly. It, you, it's, you feel pretty scared on those things. And Tom Carroll described it as like riding a wild animal with knives for legs. And, <laughs> and it's pretty close, man. I mean, I, I fell off uh, on one and the rail clipped me just under the jaw and it clear nearly knocked me out. But yeah. on the flip side of that, 
was pretty fun. I feel like I would enjoy myself a lot more if I was doing it in arseless chaps, though. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> that was the point of the arseless chaps. Like, I'm sure they'd be fun to wear, too. But there's certain social mores and cultural norms that forbid us from, you know, just walking around and getting a bit of <laughs> fresh air up the date. Uh, and I think the same kind of applies to uh, foiling from where I'm standing anyway. I mean, I see him around my newfound local zone. And I just like the it just fucking baffles me. I'm seeing like like this is where surfing's gone. Like it began with uh, you know s- single fins, cut off denim jean shorts, and no leg rope. And now you've got a guy on a fifteen hundred dollar piece of equipment, uh, you know, nose diving behind a jet ski. Yeah. And I'm just like pumping diesel into the atmosphere. The whole fucking shit show sets you back around 90 grand. Mm. Yeah, the fucking price People are getting point. their fingers cut off, their fucking heads chopped yeah. in half, they're getting clipped on the jaw. I feel like the universe is just telling us to fucking hold back. <laughs> <laughs> and like the only people that can afford this uh, wacky exercise are the minted. And, you know, the minted are famously a little uh, in short reserve of, you know, just fucking common sense. <laughs> Um. So you know, like, I'm well, just, I just I, felt I it see. was my obligation as someone who has torn fucking foiling to pieces ever since I first saw lead gliding in on a line of swell from over the back of the fucking horizon, twelve and a half <laughs> thousand k's away. Um, I just thought, you know what? I better just have a fucking go at this because uh, I, I want to be able to rip into it. Uh, with full throttle and and no reserves, and I fucking can't. It was actually really fun. I really had a good time. Feeling like uh, you, you're kind of outrunning swell on it. That's the other thing. The speed on it's like trippy. So, mm. yeah, I mean, uh, getting away from sort of like the just, just just focusing purely on the the sensation of it is pretty fucking wild. It's pretty fun. I feel if you don't call Quite it a good surfing, day. it's Jeez. sweet. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, that's a, that's a pretty sport. good point. Too, yeah. yeah, totally. And it does look fun. Like, and you know, like yeah, I can't well, doing it with Adam Bennett is like. fucking unbelievable. If you feel like you're just watching Aladdin on his magic carpet, he's just flying around yeah. like. I'm just it's tripping crazy. on the precedent it sets. I'm like, yeah, fuck, if we the, got lineups full of them, wow. I can't I can't get behind the like price point excluding like cool fucking Sano surfers like myself. Like mm. you're not gonna see Matt Chelman whipping out a foil anytime well, he'll whip out a foily, but he won't whip out a foil anytime soon. Yes. But um yeah, it's just fucking like it's for these minted fucking boomers coming down from Brisbane, getting their jet skis on the fucking, you know, yeah. It's just fun. Oh, mate, look, maybe I've become what I hate, but I had a fucking hell time. Yeah, how old are you? <laughs> oh, yeah? How'd that, uh, how that concussion go for you? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm still seeing Sounds stars. Sick. What do you got there, Smivy? Um, oh, oh, sorry, I've got one for you. This is from Snacks and Shacks. He says, is it true that Surfcore embezzled the wildlife relief funds to make a Rebel World Tour requirements being a 6'6 and less than 18 and a half wide? If so, who's the first world champ? Any truth to that rumor? A Rebel World Tour Fuck. off the back of your uh, 180 grand uh, <laughs> fire relief bonanza. I fucking wish I embezzled some of that right now, unemployed and fucking queuing up at Centrelink South Tweed. <laughs> but wow. um, could really use that cash surplus right now. But nah, uh, fuck. I mean, like I said, the Billabong ch- challenge would be like the thing you'd model it off and you couldn't go past the original lineup and 
you know, who was it? I think Ant-Man was in there and Oki and Kelly and Kalani and Rob and um, Shane Powell, obviously. And yeah, 6'6", Greg Clough. I reckon Powell would win it for sure. Mm. Good call. Yeah. A golden era for surfboards, those knifey little slippers, weren't they? He still rides boards that thin. I saw a video Will Weber posted the other day and he's like, oh, this board's half an inch wider than my normal board. It was 18 and a half inches <laughs> wide. Like, <laughs> Is he on Weber's, did you say? Will Weber, yeah. Shaking wow, the board the other that's day. that's pretty cool. That's, that's, that's a coming together of them. like, you know, somewhere in the world there was like a little group of people uh, yourself probably a member like the stonemasons who all got together in their hoods, <laughs> their hessian little onesies and just started sort of bowing to their monument, their pally monuments that are in the backyards of every single one of those members. Yeah, we have meetings. Yeah. <laughs> While Minecraft was playing in the background. <laughs> Question here from Mick Reynolds down there at Coromel on the aforementioned Cold Coast there. Uh, Mick asks... Hollywood decides they haven't fucked up surfing enough in their movies and decides to do a film on the Kelly-Andy rivalry. Which actors play the main parts? Great question. Jason Statham, maybe, the, uh, the action <laughs> hero is Kelly. I was going to say Ben Kingsley. like the. the... <laughs> yes. Well, at what stage of uh, Kelly's malting? Was that rivalry out at Zenith? He still had. Was he? Was he? Was he cue baller? He still had um, slight dusting. No, there was dust. There was definitely dust there. Mm. I, I feel like he. He. So maybe like a, a Danny DeVito. From memory, there's no gloss when he's standing on the uh, the podium, looking up at the trophy that Andy is holding aloft. If, if a Lieutenant Sipowitz could get into shape uh, from NYPD Blue. Who are you hooking up for uh, Andy, though? Who who we we need a big chiseled jaw? He's a stud. He was such mm. like a James Dean looking mm. dude too. But yeah, uh, mm. yeah, well, it's a tough it's one. A tough I can't one. off the top of my head. I haven't I'm watching a Hollywood film in like Henry Cavill, the guy who plays Superman in those those horrendous new films. I don't know. He's he's got kind of a the jaw. Yeah, yeah, it's the, all about the jaw. The Bondi vet, perhaps he's got one of the all-time <laughs> jaw lines. What's he saying, that dude? I don't know, but uh, uh, and he's a fucking decent actor too because he's made a shit ton of money out of a shit concept. Fuck me, sad. Are you kidding me? Just tag Bondi on anything these days, and uh, seems you'll get a bit of bit of loot out of it. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to have to have a good think about this uh, casting of Andy Irons in a in a Hollywood biopic of the of the great rivalry. Ben Kingsley, who's going to work well with that too? Who's going to uh, match the intensity that he's going to bring to the role? Oh, I tell you what. Um, I just finished the Peaky Blinders, and I've got to say, Tom Ford. That's oh, one of yeah. the, the the great acting performances uh, of all time. Uh, he's got to have a role in there. The uh, the gangster Jew. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. All right. Here's one from uh, Joe Scott, and I think this is aimed to you towards you, Surf Core. Is owning a colourful wedding socially acceptable? And if you don't spend half your life getting coned in cones of mortal. Oh, okay. He's saying, are you allowed to own a colourful wedding if you're not a charger? Oh, yeah. Like the intermediate surfer in like a like fluoro wedding. Mm hmm. Yeah, fuck, I've battled with this one too, hey, because I'm <laughs> I've been so strictly like black black on black, no logos, real, you know, like I did a wetsuit not too long ago with Zion and it was black on black and everyone was like, "Why is it not like 
pink and yellow, like mm. all pally stuff. It's like, because fuck, you don't surf like him. Mm. And so, yeah. I'm, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But like, I'm kind of opening up is that, to is it. That, is that the criteria for having a flary wetsuit? You got to be able to flare? Well, like, if, you, like, if you're flaring and you're a cook. I remember for uh, like one season, Quickie did the all white weddies when Kelly was running all white weddies. Wow. And you'd see just like these like mid 30s, like men with fucking bodies like a fucking drop porridge like just so <laughs> like filth in like a xl short <laughs> white weddy just fucking perving up the lineup and it was so gross They're and like you just hate them just that little bit more. little chipolata yeah wedged in there oh and yeah so they i i guess someone at quickie saw that happening and then just fucking ceased production on those immediately <laughs> so they're probably worth a fortune now but um yeah, I, I don't know, but it's I'm kind of warming up to it. Like, I reckon there's there's a fertile ground for someone to come back in and make some spicy-looking weddies. I saw Peak did a few and, you know, maybe a few more will pop up this season. Who knows? Yeah, Is I'm, Peak around? Is Peak still on the flare? Are they still crafting out? Pretty sure Matt Banning's running Peak on the nose of his board at the moment. Oh, wow. So Huge. Yeah. Wow, that's a crazy brand to be repping. I mean... Uh, running a, a brand sponsorship that's essentially Rip Curl's wetsuit offcuts uh, <laughs> is pretty wild. I mean, that, that's I'd love uh, to know where Peak's at right allegedly now. Allegedly, where I, Peak's wetsuits come from. I got a feeling Bainey might have worked for Peak for a little while there uh, at some stage. Yeah. Before he uh, jumped on O'Neill, this is uh, a they long, a, long time ago. They had a real core team: Kieran Perro, Oscar, um, mm. fucking. They've always been man. Like Kevin they had Arlo. Dog Marsh and um, obviously yeah. Powley and Oki way, way back in the day. Yeah. Um, always a pretty sick team. And there's an old peak video, if you can get your hands on it. It is so sick. It's from the 90s. And uh, it's got one of the best Whale Beach wedge sessions ever with uh, Stuart Daff Cadden <laughs> just getting so drained out there. Uh, classic, classic movie, but yeah. I don't know what it's called. Mental setup. Yeah. I'd like to see uh, some, some of those fluoro peak weddies come back. Okay, here we go. Um, this one is from Joel Stephen. He says, Is Morgan Sibbler the most stoked surfer on the WSL for the year off? And is the GOAT the most fucking pissed off? Discuss. Yeah, the GOAT's got to be filthy with that. I mean, fuck. Uh, Father Time is not on your side. So he's, <laughs> uh, there's a few less sands in that hourglass now. I'm surprised he didn't just cryogenically freeze himself for the year. <laughs> well, maybe he has. I mean, maybe that's just a hologram of him getting around. Yeah. Uh, Fucking fading me at Devo and shit. I think, <laughs> I think uh, Morgs, who is our Swellian mascot up, the Siblik, the Siblik, Siblik. He's such a legend, man. How hey, good was he in the be. live episode? Oh, why, he was, he, why is he stoked on the year off? I, I think they're, 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 So he can crank his, like... A rookie status for an extra well, year I think to get his knee yeah. I think this is sort of hinting or, or sort of leaning towards the idea that he will be stoked for any extra time on tour because he won't, might not be there at the oh, end of the year. Oh, harsh. That's harsh. very harsh. But uh, I think we've got methods and plans in place to make sure that the Swellian Army basically cart Morgan Sibley from the uh, competitors' area to the water's edge and back every single heat. That's right. I don't <laughs> want his feet touching sand this entire Ever. season. Ever. Uh, and I mean, nah, man, he, he's got a future on tour that, uh, I just watched a clip of him on the gram. He's like putting psycho waves together at, uh, a point break somewhere. But, um, yeah, like shades of Reynolds and Mick Wright and some of those front side gouges. True. I've got one here for uh surf course, Smivy, the green room times. Who's, uh, 
you know, absolute legend. He's uh, yeah. one of those Instagram guys who uh, really want to know who that is. Yeah, <laughs> he's a clever fucking dude. I'll tell you, if it is a dude, even might be a swelliet. But he said, uh, "Who are your eight picks for the surf core greatest of all time?" Picking up my um, <laughs> Billabong challenge thing. No, um, what you mean for like? I think he wants your all-time top eight. All-time top eight. Yeah. When does the surf court era end? 2001 to 95? Like, I don't know. Thing? It's just like, I reckon 95 to 05. Okay. It ended the day, like the last day of the court era is when Knackers won Bells <laughs> at Phillip Island. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One foot lefts. Penguins. Yeah, one foot lefts on a MC. Penguins like on the beach. Is wide. Yeah. <laughs> nah, um, nah, top eight. I don't know. That's fucking... I don't get why everyone wants to know my top eight, but um, yeah, let's say Margot, Shane Herring, Shane Powell, uh, throw in Oki, um, Andy. TB, surely. TB for sure. Mm. TC for sure. And one last one. Oh, tell you who I saw surfing yesterday, Mick Kane. The coach and um, Noah's manager. Mm-hmm. That guy is so underground and fucking rips. I remember a wave story that maybe even you reported on where he was, uh, they went to Cloud Nine and with Andrew Johns. That's right. And he got fucking his nose broken by Andrew Johns in like a footy That's tackle true. or something. Yeah. No way. He's good yeah, for shortening like, up a uh, pro surfer well, in a game of so called friendly yeah, touches. That was one Joey? of the biggest tear ins I've ever been on. We went, we, we went on this trip. There was uh, about eight of us. It was Margot, Neil Purchase Jr., Mick yeah. Kane, Robbie Johnson from uh, Cabarita or Pottsville or somewhere up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zane Harrison was on it. Uh, myself, Andrew Johns, and Bosco. Fuck the surf industry. Yeah, been I good remember because the cover wow. had it had Zane Harrison in reef booty surfing cloud nine. And really. Matt, Matt, uh, Matt Owens, Chappers was on it too. Yeah, push and, it. And we ended up having these uh, huge drinking sessions because you know cloud nine's a little fickle. We're pumping waves, but anyway, um, one night we're at the cloud nine restaurant just punishing the San Miguel's, and someone convinced. Johnsy to play rugby league against us. And he was just going, don't do it. Don't get me started. I don't have an off switch. And I was like, fucking, didn't that turn <laughs> out to be an understatement? Yeah. Anyway, he, uh, yeah, it was Margot and uh, Johnsy versus the rest of us. And oh, they no. just ripped through us like a fucking packet of like dry spaghetti. They were just Jesus. snapping us left, right and centre. And uh, Kane, yeah, grabs Johnsy around the waist and just slides down his slippery fat bum oh, and off no. his sweaty legs and Healing cops a heel straight oh, up the nose. Oh, classic. Splatted him. Splatted him. Yeah, because Kane's a little bloke. Eh? He's like fucking five, Full commitment in the tackle, though. I, I, I backed it heavily for a little fella. He got, yeah. he got hammered. Oh, yeah, well, it's an unconventional way to snap the beak playing football. I feel like if you, if you hit properly around the midriff, you should kind of... Fly mm. off away from the heels. Well, he did look like and, he, and he, he was approaching Johnsy like he was playing Oz Tag, not really going yeah, for yeah, the tackle. You can tell. That's, you, that's where the damage be, was done. Mm. But uh, here's one more for uh, Surfcore as well from Frank Tachibana. Oh, Tachibana. Uh, I know Tachibana. Friend of yours? Yeah, yeah. From, uh, I think he's up from up there at uh, Beautiful. Avalon Way. He said, What's more iconic, Taj Burrow's. Taj Burrow's Billabong Oscillator or Mick Fanning's Rip Curl Raptor? <laughs> the oh, Raptor was mega. Huge. Raptor. I love because it's got that sort of reptilian shape shift or aesthetic, mm. but I 
I never was lucky enough to have a Raptor. I only had oscillators. Uh, Stripey arm. It had kind of some of that Adidas three stripe. Yeah, it does. It, to it. I saw one the other day. Actually, they still got. They're mental. Good, yeah, good steez points. Yeah, they're mental. I'm backing though that Taj has gone and he's running West Weddies now. I'd have thought West had long since gone, but he's gone back to West Weddies. Man, we're he? really bringing out some of the dinosaurs of the of the uh, neoprene industry today. I'm oh, loving yeah. this. Give us one from way back that you just definitely doesn't. Remember Sports Skins, Barton Lynch's... Oh, uh, I've got an Apple Sports Skins uh, short, John, and I made the terrible error of wearing it at Kira one day, and the seams are like rope from the fucking <laughs> Captain Cook's like 1788 voyage out there. I was fucking hemorrhaging after that session. That was a the one, the one that idea. The worst wedding I ever had was... Uh, uh, you know, Radiator? Do you remember Radiator? Oh, yeah. And they were, like their whole branding was like, we figured it out how to make a Weddy super thin. So there's like <laughs> 0.5 millimetre <laughs> full steamer. And literally you'd put you it on. You look like, like Kathy Freeman. Yeah, you're like, fuck, this is mental. I'm so warm in this thing. And you'd get in the water and it would just like vacuum seal. And this is like when I was like 12 or something. So I hung like a fucking light switch. And it would be the quickest and most rattling run back to the car when you got out of the surf. So whoever sick fuckwit that fucking started Radiator, I'm so glad Mental rashes though. went under. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I remember the uh, the old man. He uh, when I was a grommet, I was hitting my third winter surfing without a steamer, and uh, I, I was whinging about it on the phone to him, hoping that you know Alfie would come through with the goods, because uh, you know we were doing it tough. Mum was working three jobs. We, we there, there wasn't a lot of brand new neoprene in the house. We never got that that fresh smell mm. up the nose. Anyway, Dad says I've got an old rip curl wetty here. I'm going to send it up for you. And, mate, I was just dancing around. Couldn't wait for this thing to arrive. I, I'm not joking. It had to arrive. The box it came in was so big because it wouldn't fold more than twice. It was The rubber was so thick and so hard. Getting into this thing was like climbing into a fucking... I, I don't even know what it was. Armory. It was like getting into a yeah, 12th like, century Scottish uh, exactly. battle mail, yeah. yeah. And, man, I, I, I sort of like stiff-legged it down to the beach in this steamer. By the time I got down there, I was a sweating, paddled, did one duck dive. It just filled up with water and I just sank to the bottom. It nearly killed me. It was so <laughs> close. I was going, It's crazy to wow. think, too, like, uh, you know, wetsuits, they came so far uh, from, you know, the origins, I guess, like whenever that was in the, the, the late, 70s or early 80s there down in Victoria. But then they kind of also missed huge chunks of history. Like, you know, I grew up wearing a bottom-of-the-range peak wetsuit uh, in the middle of winter at, at, you know, Reddies and places on the south coast there. And uh, the... The quality of that wetsuit, it's hard to speak to the, um, you know, level of hypothermia I was running. <laughs> but, like, we're talking, like, I feel like I would have been, by today's standards, I'd be warmer in, like, a single leg of the kind of billabong furnace uh, steamer. Yeah. You know, just one leg or one arm mm. um, than that entire wetsuit. Uh, unsealed, uh, just a, an absolute, you know, I think it was like $115 uh, on special there at Bondi Surf Co., yeah, terrible, terrible suit. But you know, I'm sure Peak have. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the top of the range ones would these. Yeah, mm. I I just remember like as a kid, just like 
only rich cunts had steamers and everyone just had like uh like a liter springy from big w that's and that was, on that, that point, was right? it and yeah. you were sweet in it mm-hmm. and until like you know until someone told you like until you got a steamer you didn't realize how cold you'd been like all the previous years mm. and then you'd try and run a springy on like a you know just an average day and you get a fucking ice cream headache like yeah. your body had adjusted to like the luxury of a three two. Oh man ronnie and i got uh for christmas one year a liter vest and oh, and we we did two winters two winters Ooh, i mean we were on the north coast so it wasn't too bad but his was fluoro green mine was fluoro orange and we uh had just been to bali and we had these uh giant puffed out quicksilver rip off you know canvas shorts not the ones that are uh, the the quick dry fake material <laughs> yeah so in the middle of winter there we were looking like we just stepped out of a clown car <laughs> with these giant billowing bodies and these tight as little fluoro vests and yeah. just copping it mm. copping it and thinking like fully thinking we were warm fully yeah. full placebo the, the idea of you know, surfing with numbness up to your kneecaps was totally normal to me growing up. You know, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is just what surfing is. You, you can't feel your feet. Yeah. Uh, and I've since realised that's not actually how it works. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful conversation. A uh, couple more, Smithy. Sure. And uh, then we will call it a day on this wonderful episode with the core 2001. Um. Let's have a look here. Should the 2020... This is from J.H. Smith, I think, or Josh Smith, it looks like. Should the 2020 world title be decided by a heat on Kelly Slater's pro surfer? Discuss. <laughs> like the video game? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I would be... I reckon I could rinse Gabby on that one. Mm. I, I still remember half the cheat codes that you'd chuck into the Nokia in the little secret menu. Mate, how mental. mental. Like When that came out, I think um, myself, Navran Fox, The Slink, and Sam Carrier, Sockman from uh, the opening credits of Dope Youth, the original version. Yeah. Um, we sat in Sam's little flat that he just bought in um, Lepanon, right yeah. there, at, uh, just, you know, in Hosagor, and played that game fucking till our fingers bled. And yeah. we were just drinking beers from... Nine in the morning in those freezing, like October had hit. The swell was big and stormy and that's all we did. Mm. I still back. And you'd fight to be Donnie Frankenvariter back then because you wanted to do the soul arch. Uh, yeah, into like a Superman. Into yeah. the Superman. <laughs> <laughs> On a single fin, yeah. <laughs> I still feel like Sonny, get, Sonny Garcia's pro surfing, uh, I think that was a 2001 PlayStation was, game. Yeah, it was like, like that, that kind of. the OG. Yeah, that capped out the, uh, you know, reality uh, for me, it was like the, the playability was very high and the realness of it was uh, actually fucking pretty good. Mm. Yeah, but, the waves know, actually ended. That was the thing about Kelly's one. The waves never end. But the most tapped in one's the Maurice Cole floppy disk one. Have you seen what? that? So like, Are you kidding me? Yeah, there's, Is there what anything that guy Maurice done? Cole oh, no. done in his it's career? Heavy. It's like, it was like in 1996 or something. This fucking like, won Aussie titles, did a stint in the pen, fucking shape boards for TB. Made a surf game on a floppy disk for <laughs> fucking the original computer. I'm sure Julian Assange had that on his uh, original computer prototype. Yeah. Probably I've, why they put him away. I saw a non-functioning... Someone sent me like a photo of like a non-functioning floppy disk of the Maurice Cole video game. Like they said, it just doesn't read. Mm. Wow. Did but, they have um, to ban it because it was uh, giving people... 
brain hemorrhages and aneurysms and epilepsy. <laughs> I'd ima- imagine the graphics on that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Well, the, the two... Like, uh, you'd have a more uh, mellow time on DMT, I'd imagine. I mean, Cal- <laughs> California Games was the, the, oh, the OG and... Still stands oh, yeah. up as like the ultimate surf game, especially when you just 360 weaved. roundhouses in the pit. Do you remember that when you'd weave like because it was only a left, so you just weave for like the first thirty-five seconds, and then you could turn around and just whack off a cute couple of frontside turns if you were a natural footer. That's what I used to do all the time. So I had a right line and then surf it as a right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So you could, it would let you, if, you, if you did thirty seconds, you could get fifteen seconds of going right before <laughs> the wave caught up to you. So that was good fun. But I need a, I need an answer from um, the Swellians out there. Please, can someone fill me in? I was a huge fan of the recent video game, Your Journey, I think, or You Riding, and it's the Journey, which was a surf game on my phone. I was so addicted to it. Was that You'd, the Wazzle one? No, it was this other one. And uh, I was so deep, man. I'd played this thing for hours. I finally got past this one section. Cabarita was the wave that had stumped me, <laughs> believe it or not. And fucking... <laughs> not the first. I went to get on there one day and it was gone. It was gone. I had what? nothing to do when I was sitting at the bus stop. What? Yeah. How could they do that? Oh, devastation. That's like I'm a... still slightly miffed and pissed off about it. Oh. No explanation. It's got echoes of George Costanza getting the number one uh, ranking in Frogger. Yeah, man. The plug to be I was pulled. right there. It's horrific. It's PTSD inducing. I'm so devastated. Where is it? Where has it gone? Please fill me in. I can see him. He, he can't At stop Vaughan scrolling Deadly his phone. Instagram. It's almost as though Vaughn's still playing that game. Oh, <laughs> it's quite sad. Yeah. My kids were, I mean, yeah, I think. Everyone was pretty stoked when it disappeared because I did spend a lot of time pretending to listen to people when I was playing it. A couple of quick ones <laughs> from uh, the Facebook. Uh, this one comes from Shane Maxwell, uh, a surf instructor at Tutukaka Surf School there at Northland, New Zealand, and a graduate of Wengarai, Wengarai Boys High School, uh, packing a neat little cone at some misto Kiwi slab. DM me. Uh, and his question is one for Smivy. How long can you hold your breath for when practicing Shaman Hoff's breathing technique? And have you noticed an increased ability to rip hot ones from this up the fucking swellians? <laughs> Mate, I'll tell you, I can I can basically rip fucking cones the size of an Olympic torch now. It's incredible. <laughs> I did I did one the other day and Miso can confirm went over four minutes on my third what? cycle. What? Oh, I think you can say you ripped a four minute cone. Four minute cone. Four minute breath hold. Four minute breath hold. I felt Man, like that's fucking huge. Ian Walsh or something doing that. But um <laughs> yeah, no, it's I mean like Playing on the floor, it's fucking a lot easier than fucking pin to a boulder <laughs> like XL chores. <laughs> but um yeah, it's mental. Vorno? Mm. I haven't really pushed myself yet. I've, I'm, I'm a big Wim Hoffer though now. I start every single day. Smivy, thank you very much for bringing this into my life because it, it's made a huge difference. Thank and, you and to the, Luke Daniels of Daniels Shapes for bringing it into my yeah, life. Yeah, it's made a huge difference to uh, my life. My mum and dad are both doing it. They're loving it. Uh, my wife and I do it together every morning. It's just the awesome man, and combined with like you said, I combine it with the the Tom Carroll Instagram meditation. <laughs> that only goes for ten minutes. Please get on it, uh, and then I, I throw in some yoga as well. But I haven't pushed myself on the breath work yet uh, in terms of like how long I can hold it for. Uh, I kind of just sort of do what's comfortable, but I'm tempted to give it a go. I can. I'm pretty good at holding my breath anyway. Like I, I can swim a, an Olympic pool. Wow, fuck! That's in, metal. In oh. one in one go, but 
that's before I was Wim Hoffen. So I'm, I'm curious to I see can, where I can go. I can tell you for a fact it does not carry over into your surfing life. Nah. Like I've definitely rattled myself at like three foot fucking D-bar like mm. with, my, with my breath. But getting but. punched and rolled is like, yeah, I think it's, that's, it's just that's the next step, right? You've got to get on the, um, uh, is it Mark Visser who does the, the big wave training and, and those guys? Yeah. They, they're on a different sort of style of breath work where yeah. they... They roll you and they, they get you used to sort of holding your breath in yeah. intense situations. I saw it in that Nutrigrain video where the guy on the like takes a nipper board out at Shippies. They do something and they're like rolling him around on the bottom of a pool and shit. It's so funny. Mental. It probably works. Mental uh, big wave life hack from Russ Bjork too. Just like count yourself in your head when you're getting flogged. Uh, and oh, really? Because you'd be surprised like how uh, short the amount of time is that you're actually I heard. Water. Mark Healy saying the heaviest wipeouts are usually about 19 seconds. Yeah. That's that's like as bad as it gets. There's an old um, video of the Eddie I Cow and like I think Brock Little goes under on like a bomb and they put a timer up and he's under for 17 seconds. Mm. And I thought it was like two minutes. Yeah. But it like it just shows you like how quick it actually is. Yeah. It must be. It, it's just I've never tried it. Hey, I've I've, I've never or in more recent years I haven't really put myself in surf where I'm gonna have to really think about being calm under tons yeah. of rolling whitewash. The the most embarrassing one though is when you think you're getting flogged for ages and then you pop your head up and your knees are touching the bottom and you're in like waist deep water <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's just looking at you and there's like you're between the flags at like Greenmount. Looks like, like you've been <laughs> resting a crocodile on the shallows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's actually sweet. Oh, oh, it's been good, boys. Any any uh, more smithy? We done. I'm done. Hey, thanks very much, Surf Core, for coming down. Thanks for having Great me. Great to see you. And uh, smithy, cheers yeah, again, brother. Congratulations yes. on the Australian Surfing uh, Award. It'll be going there on the mantle right next to the two gold cone pieces, Vaughn. See you next time, Swillians. Are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? This guy, are you kidding me? 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 You kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. 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 Oh, you gotta be kidding me. 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 You've got to be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me, right? You gotta be kidding me. What? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? You kidding me. You kidding me? Are 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 you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you fucking 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 kidding me? You've got to be fucking kidding me. Are you fucking kidding me?